Hello and welcome to episode 268 of the Spitballing Pod. I am Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. We also do have Alex Jones here with us. No Jack Harper this week. Connor Palmer joins us again and Goff joins us again too. You usually can tell it's bad news for either West Ham or United if we have Goff or Connor here. Turns out it's bad news for both. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. It is transfer deadline day. I've got the big screen up in front of me, so anything uh, crucial happens, I'll be able to give us the updates as and when they happen. I've got a phone loaded up with Fabrizio, the tap-in merchant. But before we get there, a little bit of news of the week, and then we're just going to kick straight in. I'm sure everyone has plenty to say. So the CIA have started using a Westlife single as part of their torture program. I wonder which single that is. You know what? They're going to have to pick and find a bad one because they've got some bangers in there. <laughs> the absolutely fine with a Westlife collection on. Which was the first song that came into your head, TK, when I said that one was going to be used as a torture method, though? Hmm, that's a good question. Always thought uh, Flying Without Wings was bang overrated. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, look, I've put the cat amongst the pigeons. I like the early stuff. I'm a hipster. Oh, shit, we've got, <laughs> I, breaking, I... We've got breaking news already. No, we don't. Newcastle make dramatic late attempt to pip Everton to Deli Alley signing after losing out on Lingard. <laughs> oh, wow. This is oh, what wow. we want. We want a bidding war. We want a bidding yeah, war. No, well, bad news, Alex, because they've only asked to have him on loan, but they're hoping to turn Ali's head to say, I won't go to Everton anymore and leave Spurs in a sticky situation. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. How, how are we going to have a fat Frank I need more money meme before he's even got through the door <laughs> he's already done the meme of um, yeah, I of saw that happy, the straight sad. face one yeah. <laughs> so good one second into the interview as well um, I mean okay. the guy has he's, he's now not going to be able to smile or frown he's just going to have to be <laughs> somewhere between constantly, constantly constant monotone neutral <laughs> okay uh, meet the man who hasn't bathed in 65 years Jack Harper, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's not here today. He's having that bath. If, it was, if you were around Sean when you've been, some smells have come out of him, you'd think it was him. Jack didn't actually give me an excuse this week. I mean, last week he went bold and said he was at a fundraiser, which seemingly he didn't know about until about an hour before we started podcasting. So honestly, I was thinking, if, if he's at a fundraiser this week, is he actually Marty Bird? <laughs> but do you remember we did the deadline day one before when he just didn't turn up and then they signed Saul and he just jumped on at the last minute gloating little did he know how <laughs> how things were they go from there on <laughs> oh I love how those sort of things age uh, <laughs> Chicago man who spent nearly 20 years in prison for murder released after twin brother confesses to crime <laughs> sensational Iceland preserves last Big Mac as a historical artifact. Last Big Mac? Why is it the last? Do they know something we don't? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're just going to stop selling them. I I don't know any uh, specifics as to why. but I'd simply just move. Yeah. (laughs) Have I seen correctly? Are they starting to do a chicken Chicken Big Mac? Mac. Yes, they are. Why? It it comes out on the second, and I've already planned what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a normal Big Mac and a chicken Big Mac, then remove half, of each swap <laughs> over <laughs> that solves the dilemma that I normally have of chicken or beef. I think it's you know just I mean? disrespectful. Like you should call it something else because it can't, just can't live up to the Big Mac. 
Well, it's the exact same thing, just the chicken sandwich patties instead of the beef patties. As I said before, anyone go in there for chicken burgers to McDonald's, rush call. Me and Keenan, me and Keenan said for ages, and each time we watch Harold and Kumar, we say that we will go and film for the podcast channel, attempting the Harold and Kumar order at the end of uh, Go to White Castle. It's the equivalent of about thirty cheeseburgers, five large fries, and four large cokes each. Each. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've attempted the, the cheeseburger challenge, which is ten cheeseburgers. How'd you do? Um, eight. Which I thought was quite impressive. That's yes. Um, a guy I work with thought, yeah, I'm, I'll do it at one point. Ended up ordering ten double cheeseburgers. Blimey. Yeah, and when I tell you that he smashed it, what? an absolute animal. I watched him eat fifty nuggets in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> Sickening. No longer with us, well, sadly. But, but, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to eat twenty burgers, what's going to happen? He has eaten some questionable things. We found a little wine gum on the floor of a, a car that had been there at least ten years. Just threw it up in the air, caught it in his mouth. The, the, break, the breaking news, Newcastle have been offered Duvan Zapata if they do want to strike at this window. 5.5 million straight loan fee. No, no obligation. Take that and run. I mean, yeah. we... I mean, we <laughs> you should definitely, ourselves. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't know why no well, one else would be getting on that. No, no. I don't really know why, unless there's something like we just don't know about with him. Yeah, yeah. But, very odd. Could be an interesting podcast uh, as and when this news comes through. Um, Connor, I don't know if you have this. You're the only man who I know who uh, admits to using TikTok as much. Um, <laughs> you, you watch like one video and then your your For You page. Is, so, it's, yeah. I watched one eating challenge the other day. It, it's freakish the amount that pop up on my thing now. Well, it, it's... It, as a 26-year-old man, it's quite embarrassing to say that I spend like five hours a day watching a ginger autistic goalkeeper saving <laughs> saving shots or scoring goals against raspberries. It's To be it's, fair, it's when Adam Bogdan was at Liverpool, I spent 90 minutes at a time doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it, honestly, you just watch one video. And I like to look at the comments as well, because the comments are often a lot funnier than the actual video itself. Um, like there was, a, I, <laughs> there was a TikTok of Alan Iverson getting presented with a, a picture of him and Kobe, and he was signing it, and like he was saying some heartfelt words. One comment was, "Oh, you can hear the emotion in his voice," and the next comment was like, "Oh, sounds like like Martin Lawrence." <laughs> like such such a contrast. I'm, I'm glad because I thought I was going a different direction, and I'm <laughs> no, glad no. it's not one of those podcasts. <laughs> no, certainly would not. I was scrolling um, through TikTok the other day and I don't know how this ended up on my uh, For You page and it was this guy feeding his pet piranhas and I had so many immediate questions. At what point do you wake up and decide you want pet piranhas? Um, where do you go to get piranhas? And then why is there an audience for this? And I say that yeah, as someone who watched those as well. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting though. Uh, they are terrified yes they only go for dead flesh though don't they i don't know i mean that's not what the, that's not what the film suggests because a great two films the piranhas uh made well, if anyone yeah has seen yeah. those i mean you get a kelly brook with a piranha, with piranha as well i can <laughs> get an audience in. that was the sole selling point wasn't it um the piranhas took a back seat it was kelly brook as a lesbian sex scene in this film no one, they knew what they were doing didn't they? they knew the score I was stuck in to see that at a cinema, so I mean, it worked for me, clearly. What kind of cinema was that? 
You know the old Gloucester, the, the old Gloucester <laughs> cinema when you essentially <laughs> once you got Angel past, show. yeah, once you got past the kind of security guy, they just basically didn't turn behind them. Oh yeah, you, they, and you could go into anyone. Tickets, I bought tickets for him. Um, the last Airbender was uh, that's how far back we're going. The joke's on you there, I think. What? Because I missed the last Airbender. Correct. <laughs> bender joke. Um, <laughs> And finally, man fined by Romanian animal police for keeping an ostrich in an apartment room. Not very practical. No, um, and Alex, this is mainly for you because you did disappoint all of us, you'll admit, um, <laughs> about a year and a half ago now when you refused to run half a marathon in a wetsuit despite mm-hmm. doing it for a hobby on a Sunday morning. All right, if we're gonna if we're gonna throw the acquisition down, just I refuse to run in my wetsuit. I would said I would run in a wetsuit. I refuse to run in my wetsuit. Is what happened. And what, Surely your weirdly, wetsuit would be the best one. Like, yeah, and weirdly, none of us own no. wetsuits. You're not going to want to wear my one either. <laughs> Did you not wear one to Piranha 3D? Because 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 <laughs> my wetsuit, my wetsuit is worth a lot of money and is not designed to be running on it for a sustained period of time. For a high big time. Well, I thought you were quick. <laughs> Half a marathon. How long is that going to take you? No, it's precisely. I'm not big time. That's why I need to look after it. That's the only one I've got. Yeah, well, that's good. So, I do have some other records that I'm hoping you will commit to competing in. Um, if any of you want to step up and take on one of these, I will arrange it. And as long as you're happy for it to be filmed for the podcast, then uh, we'll go right ahead and get that arranged. So. Hey, Connor, this might be one for you actually. Um, the longest. Gonna be an eating one. The longest baked beans bath. What what time frame are we talking? Um, how busy are you? <laughs> <laughs> how much do you like beans, 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 beans? Oh, beans. God. Oh. If you think maybe you could sacrifice a hundred hours. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. I'm sure they let you have a little bit of a break, like the football manager one, where you were allowed like 10 minutes for every hour you did. I wouldn't even be worried about the breaks, just having the time off work. I'm contemplating <laughs> it. You know. Is there a prize? Is there? A, yeah, you get your name in a Guinness Book of Records. No, then. Okay. Um, and I'll let you awesome. have any of the uh, monetization on the video, but we do need to reach another couple of hundred hours before we can monetize YouTube videos. Do I have to spend those couple of hundred hours in the bean bath? Uh, well, you know, you need to just spend, I guess, 101. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll contemplate that. If we okay. make any sign-ins. I remember me and the ch- TK the briefly contemplated doing the longest podcast ever, which I think was, was it 36 hours, TK, something like that? Yeah. Look, listen, I'm, I'm happy to that's, do it. That's just... doable. Yeah, because you could, like, you could rotate it as long as the stream was constant. Um, but... I feel like to take the proper credit, you do need to do at least the majority of that. I think, I think we'd have to be there. I, I, apart from anything, let's face it, the fascination is what are we both like yeah. by, the, <laughs> by the 35th hour? Are we making any sort of coherent sense? What are we actually talking about at that stage? I guess that's going to be like um, those comedians that just rely on someone wearing like something weird in the front row by that point. Like We've exhausted all resources that we could possibly talk about. I'm just talking about your cat. It's like, yeah, you've already done that five times, TK. He's been in and out all day. Still the same um, cat, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's a different cat, I swear. This one may appeal more. Um, the record for the fastest time to eat all of the chocolates from an advent calendar. 
You have to Ooh. open each window, get the chocolate out, and eat all of them. Okay, 27.84 so... seconds is the record. That's you impressive. Have to, you have to open each window. You can't do what I do every year and open at the bottom, slide the tray out. Uh, no, you need to open all of the windows. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, it might be tricky, that. I've got fat fingers. Um, the most bananas peeled and eaten in one minute. Eight. I'm sorry. Anyone wondered? Eight. I'm sorry. How desperate, Connor, were you to get to that advent calendar chocolate? Why would you not just buy? Why would you not just buy a chocolate bar at that stage? He likes the shape. Two advent calendars. Take it out of the bottom. That's fucking wild. That is. I couldn't wait to get it. The one. The record. I remember doing that when I was like. 10, sliding it open at the bottom and then leaving it on the mantel place after, then opening the window the next morning okay. and be like, oh, where is it? Where, where is it? No <laughs> chocolate there. I've got the record here that Keenan claims he could do with ease. Um, and that is the fastest consumption of a jam donut with no hands. And that's 11.41 seconds. Yeah, that's tricky. I did time, time myself with a sugaring donut at work once and it was about 13 seconds, but that was with me hands. Ian uh, claimed he could knock two seconds off that time with no hands. Bloody hell. That's, that's but then insisted claim. it couldn't be filmed for the podcast because it would be messy. It's oh, no, good. I'd be all over that. <laughs> I'd be willing um, to give it a go if you provide the donut. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm more, more than that for that. We'll have to apply that's, again. It's a bit more within <laughs> the pod's budget than a wet seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Alex didn't agree to do the most grape seating in one minute either. No, I did agree. It just never, that whole event never happened. Well, we were in lockdown, to be fair. Some of us were adhering to the rules. Satirical, though. Um, Look, let's just wait until the police assessment has been finished, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> the most, the most jelly eaten with chopsticks inside one minute. How I'm just trying to fathom that. That sounds hugely one, frustrating. That one hundred nine grams is the record. In how long? Did you say? One minute. Yeah, that's yeah, not a chance. With chopsticks. You've and got finally, to think as well, all these people who have these records are like, they are they are training for it or preparing for it for a long time. And I'm sat there thinking, that's not that much though, is it? Surely. <laughs> I mean. The most impressive one here, you won't get a prize, um, but I'll just see who guesses the closest. The furthest distance to blow a pea in one breath. Hmm. Three and a half meters. I've got it in feet. Oh, let's get the converter out. Jesus then. Christ! Twenty feet. I'm gonna say fifteen feet. Connor, AJ. Uh, I'll go with five and a half feet. Twelve feet. Um, fifty-two feet and ten what? inches. Jesus! What? Bloody hell! You can Who find footage she? of this online. I think they were German. Who was she? <laughs> it was a he. <laughs> well, there we go. That is uh, your news of the week and your records to break of the week. Um, you'll see my topics for each of these slowly kind of disintegrated as we went through. So if we start with Tottenham and go from Triori to Tanner, um, we'll start with Adama Triori. Just uh, seamless with this pod. Just, just <laughs> absolutely seamless. Look set to join Tottenham last week having almost moved to the London club last summer. Um, Spurs and Wolves hadn't quite reached an agreement over a fee during the talks through the first four weeks of January, although 
the understanding was this this was a deal that was going to get done. Um, it was going to be on an initial loan with a payment to follow or Levy was prepared to do the deal, but they would have to do it for cheaper if they wanted the money up front. Um, this kind of fell apart very quickly. We usually get the gradual, this might not happen, the players having second thoughts. It, it switched very quickly to suddenly he had no desire to play wing back, which you would think would have been fairly early on in the discussions. And then he had an offer from Barcelona, which some disrespect to Tottenham, not complete disrespect to Tottenham. It's a fairly easy choice to make, even with this, this significant pay cut that he's taken. And by significant pay cut, he's losing out on about 100 grand a week. That's mad. Um, for the chance to play for Barcelona for six months. Lost I, I, don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's, because he's got history there as well. So I I don't think it's, it, it's but look, I'm not going to argue, the, I'm not going to argue that Tottenham are, have got as big a profile and as big a name in football as Barcelona. I mean, how humble of you. Regard, <laughs> regardless, regardless, regardless of the uh, the situation that they're in financially at the moment, there still are, you, you could argue, the joint biggest football club in the world still. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. You can't, they come call in as long as they can pay you to some extent, you're probably going to get it. Yeah. So the surprising thing for me is that Wolves have been happy to take the loan with an option. So there's no obligation here at all. Mm. The only hope you presumably have with them is that he has a good loan spell and his value goes back up. Because if you look at it, I mean, his, his value's plummeted. At one point, they were looking at trying to sell him for about 60 mil. You've, I don't know, you, you'd get nowhere near that for him now. So. so 35 million is the option. Having said that, with sort of the way he can play, it could go horribly at Barca. They could absolutely hate him. And then, the issue as well is that by the end of this loan, he will have one year left on his deal. Mm. So you would think if Barca then don't take it up, and if we say Spurs are still interested, they're not paying the same that they were going to pay six months ago. They're going to say, look, he's got a year left on his deal. We'll wait it out if we have to. Yeah, everyone will. Yeah, whoever's in for him will. Now, Alex, I'm going to ask you to be honest here. Mm-hmm. You would, as you were so refreshingly honest and said, "Bars are bigger than Spurs." Let's do it. You weren't particularly enthused when we mentioned the deal, although the main conversations we had around it were once the deal had fallen through. Yeah, now, I'll be, I'll be honest here. If this was Arsenal, this is a transfer that all logic would go out the window, and I would be very excited about. You and Sean seemed to kind of bypass that and kind of shit on the deal from the start, really. Well, in my defence, in my defence, I was more of your thinking in terms of I was quite excited by it, and I liked the first the first comment that was made on the transfer was can't remember who it was in the chat, but they said Conte will turn him into an absolute beast, and I was like fully on board. Then I'm thinking I'm, we're going to have a monster on our hands here, and it's going to be great. It was actually after a bit of a conversation with Sean and him sort of saying it doesn't actually solve any of our problems technically. He's just maybe a better version of the situation we've got at the moment um, to some extent that it kind of like put me off a little bit. And then obviously just the whole conversation of the transfer kind of went nowhere. So it wasn't as much I was talking it down. It was just kind of like, oh, 
is this just going to be a enough like a signing that doesn't really take us forward in any way as much as I probably am going to like the player and get on board with him if he did sign but I get I completely I completely get what you're saying in terms of if he if he <laughs> if he had just like the odd good performance and he was just like a character he you you'd get behind him the guy steered Victor Moses to two league titles and he amassed over 75 appearances in those two seasons. Mm. You've got to think he sees something in Triore because he seemed particularly keen to get the deal done. Mm. So, And the fact that when you look at the deals that you have done, and we're going to go into those in a minute, yeah, a right wing back isn't one of the other guys that you've picked up. So it's almost no. as if for the other players you're interested in, you had a number two option. Triori seemed like it was, look, this is the guy that we want. Yeah. Yeah, we failed to get him. It is it is what it is. Like I said to you earlier, this window is very much sort of like the backhanded compliment window. We've had two clubs, two players that we've wanted and two bigger and better clubs have come along and got them. Um, one slightly worse than the other, but I, 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 I uh, well, the uh, uh, Liverpool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's because it's never ended badly for Spurs before when they haven't got their first choice. <laughs> yeah. That is true. No, that is no true. That. that is true. It's, there's a system building here. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, try again. Um, no, I, I, I am disappointed we didn't get him. Um, I think I was a little bit surprised that you sort of said that me and Sean were in the same line of thinking, but I, I'm quite disappointed. I, I wanted him and that never really faded. I had my doubts put in my head about maybe what he could offer us technically from the off. Uh, but I don't think there was any doubt that he would have offered us a lot better than what we've got currently and maybe develop further. I mean, since he's, since he's confirmed his, his move to Barcelona, the chat around him has been, hopefully he'll get back to sort of show him what he can do and show him what his potential is and sort of build on that. Um, I just, like maybe that, that opportunity was there for us and he's a proven Premier League commodity. I mean, he, these players that we're going to go on to talk about, they're coming from... Last time he scored, we didn't, know, we didn't know what a pandemic was. Yeah, yeah. But that's not that. That is the that is the the if on him. I mean, his assist his assist rate is not great either, is it? The, th- the thing is, I, I think in the right team he's going to be fine. But I think if he was didn't want to play wing back, which I probably agree with, then it was never going to get off the ground with Spurs. It's kind of been used as like a stick to beat Spurs with. But if he didn't think he that position suited him, it was never going to work there anyway. So, do you not think though, in terms of what you just referenced, the, the numbers he puts up? I think wing back, he probably couldn't ask for a better position to be able to show off his abilities because he's not expected to put up many goals. He's not necessarily expected to be the mm. best defender in the world. And no, he's expected to basically make an impact at the other end, which he does every time he touches the ball. Yeah, do you, I, do you know what? I, I, I don't buy it. I think he needs you, to be up there more often than not because he isn't efficient. He, you need to give him more opportunities. And the, the issue with him at Wolves, he would either not start or he'd come on late. Or sometimes he'd start a wing back and you'd think the only time it looks good is in the final third. Just leave him up there and give him a run of games is what I think. But he's never going to get that. A lot of Spurs I, games I, over Christmas, sorry, um, 
Emerson was touching the ball second most in the team after Hoiberg. Yeah, I, I don't doubt touching the ball, but I don't really want him on the halfway line on the ball. I just want him in behind on the ball. For example, if, it, if you go stick him in Liverpool team, play where Trent is, it'd be like, that'd be an absolute. Your eyes would be bleeding because you wouldn't yeah. want to see it too often. But it's. I think I think he he is this kind of player that if you play him in a right wing back position, he's a player which is just his pure purpose is to get the ball and take it at the pitch and take it at the pitch fast. Particularly at the moment, I think one of our problems is we're struggling to deal with the press at the back. Like None of our back lines seem confident when we're trying to juggle the ball around the back, get it out to the wings and then move it at the pitch or play it, find a, a clinical pass through the middle. I think he's a guy you can rely on. If you get the ball to him, he'll get it from A to B in a strong, reliable way. Kind of like when we had Musa Sissoko in the squad and he'd had the odd good game of where he just he he's just able to surge. He's just able to surge the yeah. ball into the area, the pitch that you want it. In a similar way, in which as well, going back before Sissoko, um Musa Dembele, you know, he didn't really deliver uh, on the on the final stage, he didn't really have a, a consistent clinical pass in him, and he didn't have a consistent like, clinical. Trippier well, says you'd have won the Champions League final if you had Dembele. Every, yeah, but uh, the entire squad said that he was the most skillful as well. But I mean, he didn't ultimately Poch did like Poch did like him to Maradona and then get rid of him a few months later. Yeah, that, that's the point. It's kind of like you can have you, you can have you can have all yep. the traits of you can have all the traits, but at the end you've got to deliver. He didn't um, have those Maradona traits. Let's you don't want all that. you don't want all the traits. <laughs> <laughs> But like he he was able to move the ball through the center of the pitch very reliably. He grappled with players well uh, while holding think, the ball. I just think he where we're looking a bit flim, flimsy. Traore offers that. The better. comp is fair with them in that as well. I don't think the numbers will always tell the story either. Like Dembele sometimes would have a good game, but you'd say, well, he hasn't contributed in terms of goals and assists. I think Traore's numbers probably do look particularly bad even when sometimes you'll have watched him for when he's had a positive impact on this game. But he's I do think he's the eye he's, test. Yeah. I do think he's going to need a team that's on the ball more than Wolves and is attacking more than Wolves and in an attacking position. I do think it's just that simple. And if he still fails, then he fails. But that's where I think he would thrive at his best. I hear what you're saying about the, you know, if he can convert Victor Moses, then he should be able to convert anyone. <laughs> but on the same basis, then hopefully he can make Emerson Royale actually be able to kick a football. Yeah, yeah. That would be fortunate. Or uh, Matt Doherty, remember what he did, because he was actually quite yeah, yeah. good in a, in a wing-back back role. I can't explain what happened to him. The uh, the Barca president has just come out and said it looks like the Aubameyang deal is going to go through, by the way. So as this is just me making a point here. All of these guys on Sky Sports and the other... Uh, those type of journalists have made a right fool of themselves today because the pictures of Aubameyang in Spain came up and they all suddenly jumped on it saying Aubameyang's here to complete the final part of his move. It turns out the pictures were from yesterday, landed there last night. Then that clown's like that weasel, Darmesh, who's on Sky Sports <laughs> News. <laughs> Him talking on there today saying, oh, well, I just spoke to some people and asked if the Aubameyang deal was off. They said to me, well, for it to be off, the deal had to be on in the first place. The Barca president's come out and said the deal's been ongoing. We basically got Aubameyang here. He's just waiting for like the confirmation that we can make it work, and then he's going to go straight down for a medical. And now those same people who were laughing earlier, calling it Odin Wingy, 
are now saying, well, yeah, the deal. My sources are telling me that the deal does look like it's going to be completed. Aubameyang's been here. He's been waiting patiently. Scumbags, some of these people. The ones on Sky Sports News, the worst of the lot. Luckily, I've not seen that Cave's face tonight. I was about to say, Darmesh benefits from just how hated Cave is, that he's sort of the, the, good, the good cop and the bad cop thing. Cave tried getting Arsenal fans back on side by just uh, shitting on Adama and saying, look, he's turned down Spurs even with the more money. <laughs> it's a good start, but you don't charm us back that easily. You apologise for what you said about Tommy Asu and you apologise now. The, the Aubameyang uh, Wingy shout was obviously quite amusing, but the idea that he went just as on a little trip to Barca, that is good fun. A little trip to Loftus, Loftus Road car park. <laughs> Loftus Road, sorry. <laughs> less, uh, less of a holiday destination, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy... Loftus Road sounds quite exotic to be fair. Why was I thinking Loftus? What's that? <laughs> Ornstein tried giving it the uh, look of Amiang never was there for this. He was there to see some family. It's like He said to Aubameyang, right, what can we come up with to make this seem as feasible as possible? <laughs> Which is the same <laughs> Excuse me, every time a Bamiang goes missing. Yeah, I was just about to say, family, right? Arsenal probably haven't given him <laughs> permission again to go and see his family. <laughs> <laughs> he just has family members in every country, okay? Can we just stop asking about it? Well, I saw Paul Merton said, um, you just wait a couple of months when the window's still open. I bet you he's got some family right around the Galatasaray Stadium. Verse <laughs> <laughs> on the money. All right, what else have we got here? So, Non-league winger Ollie Tanner's move to Spurs collapsed this because Spurs horrific. thought his financial demands were excessive given he would not be going into the first team and refused to offer an improved deal. Now, we don't know what the actual terms of the deal were as to whether he was right to refuse it, whether Spurs were right to say, hang on a minute, we're not giving you any better than that. Um, as it stands, and you know we like headlines on here, the fact that a non-league footballer rejected Spurs, that's the, that's the, that's the angle we're going from. <laughs> that's the headline, that Absolutely. The headline. I don't understand. But, I don't, what, what's, what's so funny about that? That's exactly what happened. We're, we're not being... There's nothing no, here. No agenda here. That's did exactly you see, what happened. There was fallout from Spurs fans before this deal was actually happening because as happens with every move, I mean, people have retweeted Aubameyang saying Hala Madrid already tonight. People went through <laughs> Oli Tanner's old tweets and he's just got like tens of just mocking Harry Kane speech impediments and saying like boys <laughs> and, oh, God. And, he's, and he's an Arsenal fan and all these Spurs players, all these Spurs fans are saying, look, we need to show Kane that we've got his back here. We can't be signing a guy like this when he's been tweeting all of this for years and years. He's a closet gooner. We can't be allowing this. So now I think some of the Spurs sources are trying to put out there, look, that. Partly because of his tweets. I mean, we just couldn't have a guy like that at the club when they used Matt Doherty's Arsenal supporting tweets as part of his announcement video. So life comes at you fast in these situations. Um, more Spurs business then. So you want Alex... some brass neck from that lad, though. <laughs> He's turned down yeah. money from Spurs and having put out tweets mocking Kane's speech impediment. He's gone, I'm turning down the deal, actually. Well, I think so part of Wouldn't it surprise is... me if he turned it down by tweeting them again. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't Brighton... agree to the speech impediment clause. Fuck him. Brighton were in for him as well earlier in the window. So I think there's a side of him that's like, look, I've got more offers on the table. And he's banking on... Uh, working that in his favour but it's non-league side and I forget I forget their name Lewis um, they I don't know if I'm saying that one yeah, they took the opportunity and they and they said uh, 
Oli Tanner has rejected a move to a Premier League club to stay with us for the uh, remainder of the season. As <laughs> he stayed there because, you know, he's having such a great time. Loves the club. Spoiled. So, I mean, fair play to them. You do what you got to do. Um, Daniel Levy reportedly found out that Liverpool were hijacking the Luis Diaz transfer and he threatened to report <laughs> Liverpool's recruitment staff to John Henry and Mike Gordon. However, when Henry and Gordon found out, they were delighted with the strategy that they pursued. <laughs> Supposedly, the story goes, Liverpool got in touch with Luis Diaz's people and the club and said, look, we value you higher, uh, less than what they're trying to charge you at this point in time, basically. If any other club does come in for you, just keep us in the loop and we're not going to let you go anywhere else, basically. So they let Spurs do all the negotiating. Daniel Levy thinks he's pulled a blinder. And then the story goes, Luis Diaz gets a FaceTime from Klopp saying, look, we're going to do the deal. We know what we need to do now. See you at the weekend, basically. Levy's just raging because all his hard work's been for nothing. And uh, he tries to run into mummy and daddy, which uh, didn't quite work this time which also does seem entirely feasible just by looking at Levy. <laughs> yeah, everyone sort of played their role there, didn't they? It's to- totally fit in. To the thing. I mean, brutal from Liverpool, though. We basically told this girl, we quite like you. We don't like you that much. <laughs> if another bloke asks you out, though, just let me know. And uh, <laughs> I'll lock you down, all right? Now Klopp's had his teeth done. He's had his eyes lasered. He thinks he can pull off these moves, and obviously he can. Yep, he's thrown his weight round at press conferences. It's all gone to his head. Deli Ali started having his medical, but he's refusing to sign his contract until he knows all of the details. He's going to Newcastle. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, so Kuliszewski is joining Spurs on an 18-month loan with an option to buy. He rose to prominence in the 1920 season thanks to four goals in 17 games while on loan at Parma from Atalanta. Just to run through for anyone that hasn't seen him, doesn't know much about him. He then goes straight into the Juventus first team under Andrea Perlo. He plays 47 times for him. He's a wide forward, but Perlo tried to switch to a 4-4-2 and he couldn't really find a place for him in that formation. Perlo goes, he drops down the pecking order and he's only played 759 league minutes since Allegri came back to the club. What I have done here... Um, not calling you out here, Alex. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, people in the same position that maybe don't know much about what you're getting. And a YouTube tutorial, not a YouTube tutorial, a YouTube compilation can sell you a dream, as I found out with the likes of uh, Shkodran Mustafi. Um, I found a previous scouting report that was uploaded um, online when he was being linked previously. And if I just give you a couple of excerpts, then you may know the kind of player you're getting. They say, Kuliszewski is an, a versatile attacking midfielder. He mainly plays on the right wing, but was also used as a number eight and as a 10 in Atalanta's youth system. He is 186 centimetres tall. Details for you. He's bad at contesting the ball in the air due to a poor jump, but he's more effective when it bounces and he can kind of post up on the opponent with his slim physique. Interesting to see how that adjusts to the Premier League. He makes up for a lack of explosiveness in his acceleration with good strides in his progressive runs, especially when there are big spaces in front of him. He's a strong ball carrier, keeps his head up when he's running with it. 
His directional control with the ball is good. His agility and touches aren't excellent, but he's skilled enough to consistently get past opponents when pressured on the ball, either with dribbles or body feints. Forward passing is his biggest strength. He regularly attempts final third passes behind the last line of pressure and is an elite passer in transition, combining those confident strides with a proactive attitude and a wide playing vision to punish the retreating opposition, almost like a sharp knife used to slice warm butter. So that's what you like to hear, Alex. He rarely tackles, but is good at using his body to cover shadow and prevent passes either through the middle when he often has man marking assignments or in the proximity of the right wing. So you buy an upside here, essentially. I don't know how much different you're going to get compared to, say, Bergwijn, who I guess you were hoping to get rid of in this window. But I get if he's a player you can be excited about. He sounds. He sounds. Um, well, Bergwijn's a little bit more explosive. Um, I'd by the sounds of things, I'd back Bergwijn in front of goal more. Um, I, I don't think Bergwijn offers too much in the way of clinical passing. Um, so maybe he's going to offer us a little bit more technically, particularly if he's dropping a little bit further back to assist the wing backs in sort of carrying the ball up the field on a counter attack. So maybe he's going to play wing back. Thing. Yeah, you never know. Um, so you, kind of you like a passive quite, aggressive school report. Yeah, you can kind of you <laughs> can kind of see apply himself a little yeah. bit more. I, I you, basically, I've, I've been collecting or well, collecting. I've been ordering this. Um, magazine and I used to use it for player football manager but they just go through like 20 of the best prospects in the world and I've been getting it for about two years now and so just looking back it's perfect for some of these transfers that have gone through in this window yeah Kuliszewski being one of them do, do you know what this reminds me of a little bit obviously it's coming from a slightly better well say slightly better a much better club at the time but uh, do you remember Nassar Chadley blimey He's a similar similar sort of build and he did have similar sort of traits not explosive speed but once he gets his stride going, he is quite, you know, he can travel at the pitch once. My I concern he is... came out of his interview and said, look, remember Nasser Chadley? This guy <laughs> is going to remind you of him. <laughs> well, I, little, I, wink, I, little wink to the crowds. Like, you remember last time, lads, I had a hey, bit of money. I, I, I didn't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I didn't mean that as a compliment. I meant that as a... I'm a bit worried that it can be a similar signing along those lines. Um, well, don't feel bad. You just said Bergwijn's going to be more convincing in front of goal. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, you're right in last game, to be fair. Well, nowhere in that report did it say that this guy's got a decent finish in him. He said he's got a clinical pass. No, I, I read it the same as you, you Alex, but uh, <laughs> if Bergwijn's better in front of goal, then we should have, to have some issues here. I know his last game is okay, but... Harry's just joined us. We're just doing... Game before that. Just doing spurs at the moment, Harry. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah, you're a bit, you're a bit quiet. It sounds like you're in a like an echo chamber. You might want to mute yourself where you get uh, get set. If you can see the button there. Take us off video as well. I don't need to see that. <laughs> you know, now you've got on video. Ah! He's having you on. There you go. Thank God he wasn't naked or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 mute you for now and then just get set and then I'll bring you in. Um so yeah, Alex, looks like a deal you can at least get excited about. Um Benton Kerr, a guy who I think TK may have got you excited about talking him up um in the chat. The deal went through today, rises to about thirty million pounds, uh seventy million total Spurs will be paying out. Um 
if the Kuliszewski deal becomes permanent, which is weirdly the same amount that Juve have just forked out for Vlahovic. But I'm sure I'm sure there's no... Uh, <laughs> that is odd, isn't it? That is odd. You just call it... It's just called good business. Yeah, they said the same with the uh, Pjanic and Arthur deal. <laughs> yeah. and, and that works out badly for both sides. Oh. <laughs> um Benton Kerr then, Uruguayan by birth, came through the ranks of Boca Juniors in Argentina, spent three seasons in their first team before making a move to Juve in 2017. Now, this is a guy who's got much more first-team football to his name. He's played under Allegri, Sari, and Perlo. First-team regular under the three of them, over 40 appearances in each of his last three seasons. But he's just failed to tie down his place in the Juventus eleven this season. And with respect to him, He's effectively said he's not prepared to sit and wait and bank on there being an opening. He wants to be player football and he's prepared to go elsewhere to get it. He's only played 13 of the 23 league games this season. With regards to the kind of player he in, player he is, he's been praised for his passing and his dribbling ability. Um, says when he has the ball, the midfielder is known to play confident short passes rather than attempt to overcomplicate things with a long ball evident from his 83% passing accuracy. Averages two fouls a game, Alex, which um, if you're picking up fouls like that in Italy, you may need to get that sorted before you come over to England. Um, <laughs> say his tackling technique... Uruguayans love a scrap. They say his tackling, his tackling technique... Son of Geordie, then. His tackling technique could be improved <laughs> upon. Um, he often relies upon shrugging off opposition players, or he tried to while he was in South America but has struggled more since it became more physically imposing in Italy. So I'm sure that's improved, but that's something where you're not going to be able to just kind of barge people on and off the ball mm. over here in the same way that you've been able to over in South America. Or bite people. Yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> I think I was one year ago in fairness. I don't think that's uh, like local cuisine. Because <laughs> with Uruguayans, I guess you've got several different ways it can go. If we're looking at midfielders, what the the most recent Uruguayan midfielder to come into the league is uh, Torreira. Am I am I missing anyone? Uh, don't think so. Started incredibly yeah, well. I think I called him the White Cante um, briefly. Um, <laughs> things did go downhill when Unai Emery started playing him as a number ten. Um, <laughs> It feels to me, from what I've seen of him, from what I've read of him, he's a largely similar player to what you're getting in someone like Hoiberg, but yeah. of a better quality than what you're getting out of Winks and Skip. I don't know if you'd agree with that, TK, or if you can add any more. Uh, I felt, first, from the bits I've seen of him, that he's got a bit more quality on the board than that. Yeah. So I felt, let's face it, with Hoiberg, he is literally just a destroyer isn't he breaks things up but can't pretty much can't do anything else which he's very good at that but can't do much else so I thought you've got to have someone next to him obviously with some quality on the ball and frankly if you're going to have people like Skip and Winks in there that just isn't good enough so I think Benteke should in theory be able to solve that problem I do however there's there's two things you talk about the physicality there, obviously coming to England as another one again. Does he have the legs for the midfield is the question probably as well. And then also, considering I said I quite liked him, obviously did a quicker look on Twitter. 
very much similar to when I saw like Suso and then looked up to what people were saying about him <laughs> before it's up the line. Turns out everyone fucking hates him. Turns out you you they fans I'm not too keen on Bentica. <laughs> Turns out they don't rate him too highly. So and they might might know better than me having watched him every game. In fairness, they do dislike a lot of players. They've been spoilt with their midfield options over the years. In the mm. and there has been a decline Perlo, in that team, hasn't there? So like you were looking at guys but, like Marquisio sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Team, and now you're looking at. I mean, it's if you think fall. what they said about Benson Kerr is rough, look at what they say about Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And uh, all they've got to do is improve Spurs' current midfield, which shouldn't be too difficult with all due respect. No, no. Like what? What you? I think a comparison to Hoiberg is a good way, good direction to go in terms of what's going here. Like I said earlier us dealing with the press at the back, like playing Chelsea um, in the league last, like, was it last week? Yeah, was it midweek last week? No, it was the weekend before. Last weekend. weekend before. Last weekend. No, not, not, well, not last week or the weekend before that. Yeah, but yeah. I tried to black um, it out as well, AJ. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all kind of blown into one, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then in the cup game as well, particularly in the opening, like 15, 20 minutes of the first leg in the EFL Cup, us against a, a side of a better quality trying to deal with them pressing a, a pressing against us when we've got the possession around the back watching Hoiberg trying to assist the back line in that is not yeah, a great watch yeah, at all no, Hoiberg no. is literally just a player who gets you the ball back and hope that he passes hope that he plays off a decent pass to just get the ball to somebody who can pass the ball mm. if you're if you're going to play like that I think you do need somebody with a bit more decisive quality that can confidently handle the ball, get it either through the middle of the park or out to your wing backs comfortably so they can start to surge. Hopefully this guy, I think if you get if you get Adama in there as well, which isn't happening anymore, and you get him in there, it looks like a nice it looks like a nice switch around there to get that sort of system working a little bit better. But I will we'll see. I think he's Hoiberg in the current system at the moment, it doesn't flatter him very well at all. Um, so Brighton and yeah. Southampton as his first two games if he does play immediately from Saturday so yeah. that's a nice enough game to get into Brighton obviously a very good technical team but it's not like and I said, this to, Connor, no, I said this to Connor when he was on here previously that I didn't want to properly judge Gabriel until he faced um, Antonio like three games in because as well as Antonio is not the best striker in the league and he's probably as low down in Connor's expectations as he could be <laughs> at the moment as a new centre back buying that is like as good of a test as you can see to see yeah, how he's going yeah, to do yeah. in the Premier League. Um, I think you've got Wolves three games in, so it'll be interesting to see how he does against um, Martino and Neves. But even still, he's not playing against anyone that's particularly going to rough him up for a while. And these two teams should let his technical quality shine. Um, just to give you the breaking news, which I'm saying is as if we're live, but just like to keep you all updated. Um, it looks like a deal for Aubameyang has been done. Um, pending the contract being signed, which I understand is a fairly big move, but doesn't seem to be when we're talking uh, transfers. And it's an 18-month deal, so that would be the end of his time at Arsenal. No coming back. Bloody hell. I, I mean, I don't know if there was any coming back anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, not, not after just, that. just not feels a bit really shocking, really. doesn't it? 18 it does, yeah. It always feels a bit, yeah. Yeah, um, although uh, maybe it's just a Juve have been trying to drive home these 18-month deals the whole window. So maybe it's just caught on. I hope we do all just start operating like Italian clubs. Just be utter carnage. Paratici's doing his best. 
Okay. Um, in terms of Spurs' outgoings, Undombele has found a temporary home with former club Leon. Um, they'll pay the majority of his wages. The most shocking thing for me, and perhaps it shouldn't be because Spurs obviously want to make as much money back as possible, the optional fee is about 60 million. Does that shock anyone else? Because surely Leon aren't paying that. You can emphasize the optional bit, can't you? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just it seems like the option is to be somewhere between where the buying club thinks they're getting a good deal at the end of it and you think it's saving you time negotiating. You're essentially trying to make it enticing, aren't you? Essentially. And that's not enticing. The Mateta one that's just gone through at Palace, they've obviously said, well, yeah, the guy's got three goals for us. He's not worth a 15 million optional fee. And they've halved it and they're paying just just under eight. It's very so, much like the uh, the Bayern ones, though, weren't they? When they did it with when they loaned James and when they loaned Coutinho, there was an option on both of those. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll play the option, maybe." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, just just to say, Goff. Um, obviously, there isn't much uh, United talk, so don't feel you have to wait just for that. You're all more than welcome. I don't know if you uh, thought we were doing like the previous ones. Don't want you sat there uh, all lonely. Um, there's no point in me coming on otherwise (laughs) Um, but we are going to ask you about a certain striker though Goff so get a good answer prepared because (laughs) I'm going to get it it in front of this now we're definitely not going to be covering (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask you if it affects how the final episode of the pod stay in (laughs) place yeah I've, I've seen ones that we've done previously where I've been editing and thought Ooh, that feels like one that I don't even need to be in the editing process. Like there is nothing we can contribute to that discussion that is improving the conversation. <laughs> um, Alex, Brian Gill, been a peripheral figure since arriving in the summer. Um, he's joining Valencia on loan. Now, I don't know if anyone has seen the announcement video for this. They've got George Weasley to announce him in both an what? English with an English and Spanish version. Um, no, they haven't. He says he's sending him to the most magical place in the world, the Mastaya. And then Gil, 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 flicks Gil, Gil, Why have they left Fred out? Yeah. George. I genuinely don't know. Do we know but, it's George? Do we know it's definitely not Fred? Well, I don't want to get them on one. I saw. It's black and white, and there's like an outlay of what you think's Hogwarts, and then it's actually. Uh, I'm just fire. watching it. I'm just yeah. watching it. Yeah, it's don't hold it down because I don't want us being uh, copyrighted, especially not for something like that. Um, That'd be a tough one, that. I mean, we've just spoken about money laundering. Is this one? Should we be looking at this? <laughs> <laughs> that is the most bizarre. Honestly, I've all ever seen in my life. And the things, that, <laughs> the collection of words that I was expecting to come out of your mouth. Then that is one of the last. <laughs> Tell you what, my man Brian should have had a better chance at Spurs if we were being serious. Yeah, yeah. He did he even get a start? He always seemed to just come on with like ten minutes to go. And I sort of and look positive. I think, I like, I I think he got started. Did he? I know. Uh, I, no, he changed. started. He started. He, I'm pretty certain he started a few games in the Conference League, and he started. 
at least one or two cup games in the early stages. With Conte's style and system, I realise it might be tricky, but I, I don't know. I thought I would have I don't think he started at, I, he's never. I don't think he's ever started under Conte. I think he literally the few the games most, that he had were under um, uh, Nuno. He was the most dangerous man when he came on against us in uh, the battering that you took at the Emirates. <laughs> he set up the goal, actually, um, even though you did play on while Xhaka was down. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, Villarreal have sealed a deal to bring in uh, Giovanni Lo Celso. Again, a loan deal. I'm, still, I'm with... still dumbfounded by by this announcement video. I just had a quick look. They've been supporting the club with media for at least three years. Sorry, that just blows blow my that. mind. That and yeah, that is wild. <laughs> I was thinking you couldn't even stretch to Ron. I feel like Rupert Grint would take the money. <laughs> I think he would do it. Two avid Glosser rugby fans they are as well. Oh, what? So, yeah. so Fred, Fred and That's quite Georgia a random existence they've got. So Fred yeah. and George are actually working for the club for the last few years. Yeah, there's, there's videos of them doing media in 2000, 2019. So they get the Valencia gig. Ed Sheeran's got the Ipswich one. It, it, just random ginger men being hired. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm, open, I'm open to work. You've got yeah. work here. What more do you yeah, want? But on a similar level, you know, if we're going to go by levels, I know, like, I don't know, like, Crawley are going to pick me up or something, but look, I'll go with it. It's fine. <laughs> you see TK touting himself outside, uh, you'll be touting yourself outside Warden Road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a conflict of interest. Can't be my local club. Having, we're going to get on to, I'm sure, um, chastising at least two clubs, maybe three clubs on this pod. Shouldn't we shouldn't overlook Ndombele and La Salsa, the amount of money Spurs have coughed up for these two bums that they've ended up shipping out? We, we definitely shouldn't. It's, Absolutely it's hideous. If you want to look uh, at di- since bearing in mind we played in the Champions League final, if you want to look at the direction the two clubs went in, absolutely hideous from Spurs' point of view. Hideous. Yeah, the Celso, the Celso. I I have no idea what they were thinking because he's never. I don't. I. I don't think he's ever shown any glimpse of that price I, I would, tag. I would say he's shown flashes, but it is very much flashes. Oh, don't. I don't. If, um, I don't even think there's that. I mean, he's had the odd bit of play in the odd game, but it's never been consistent. He was no, a pot. No, you he are. He was right. a pot. He was a pot signing, wasn't he? And we, if, Argentinian boy. Um, I just. I don't know. I'm sure we'll loop back around, but. I'm conscious we do have a lot of other teams. No, to get I, I just we, we're going to hound your clubs. We may, I just didn't want Alex getting yeah. scot free was all, but that was all. No, you no, know. definitely not. If I'd stick a dagger in the guy that was on the floor, That's... we'll we'll go on to Liverpool and then we'll go to um, Newcastle. So the Athletic reported on Friday that Liverpool were on course to sign Luis Diaz, who has now signed a long-term deal at Anfield. He'll wear the number 23 shirt. He'll arrive at the club after the international break. Um, 25 years old. Had been attracted interest for a number of Great clubs. Age. Great age. <laughs> Including Spurs. Um, reports last week claimed that Porto were holding out for the 80 million release clause in Diaz's contract. But it's believed Liverpool agreed to a fee of around 60 million, including add-ons for the Colombian. He's a, he's a wide man, basically. Um, Portuguese league, second top scorer, 14 goals in 18 matches, four assists, and Porto are top of the table. This is one, isn't it, TK, where I'm sure if you could have waited till summer to do the deal, then you'd have done it. But Spurs sniffing around, you've effectively, they forced your hand. 
they've tilted us, haven't they? Um, but at the same time, it makes total sense. Would we have saved huge, huge amount by um, waiting until the summer? Probably not really in the grand scheme of things. So uh, this is a chance where the only concern to me is the lack of concern. I've literally, I've not seen anyone <laughs> say that this is potentially bad business is the thing that's scaring me. I've not seen anyone, be it opposition, neutrals, whatever. Everybody seems to think it's good business. So he, he's going to be a disaster. That's the only thing I can think. Yeah. Well, I've got a stat, which if this isn't going to charm you, I don't know what will. In the past year across Europe's top five leagues, he's listed in the top 7% of wingers for the number of nutmegs completed. Oof. So it's going to be all, uh, it's all, all sores. From from what I've seen, and it is mainly tutorials. You, I keep saying tutorials, compilations um, that you see constantly across your Twitter when he was linked to whichever club he was being linked with at the time. He looks like a showman, and we've missed a lot of these players in the Premier League. So hopefully he doesn't have it kicked out of him in the first two weeks because he does look like he'll be a very fun player to watch if he doesn't. Yeah, he, he looks a good hybrid of. Um entertaining to watch but also directing and gets results if you look at obviously his numbers over the rest of his career are good but not like outstanding and then this year it really kicked on yeah. which tends to be obviously Liverpool's MO with what they're signing and he seems to be one who's coming into his peak in terms of I imagine he was probably quite flashy and is now getting more in terms of direct numbers goals and assists and I imagine we'll probably continue that trend hopefully is what we're going for so yeah it doesn't look bad does it no, he can use both feet, he can cut inside, he can play on both sides. With Mane, Salah, Firmino's contracts all expiring, we're led to believe that Mane and Firmino won't be getting new deals. This is the first part of replacing one of those two. And then uh, you can pay up the money for Jared Bowen in the summer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bowen or bust. Um, more breaking news. Um it's believed that Spurs are in advanced negotiations for Usman Dembele. Oh, that guy has been touting around. <laughs> His agent has been working flat out today. And Arsenal have signed a player who will be staying with the Colorado Rapids in a bid to secure him a work permit to then go elsewhere in Europe afterwards. So, uh, Look, I can't complain the rest of the podcast. We signed a player. He'll just never play for Arsenal. <laughs> you might have heard of him. He's called Joel Campbell. <laughs> I was a Joel Campbell defender. Listen, I think you should have kept him. He was just starting to look good and you binned him. Only player I've had, and you've seen some of the names I've had on the back of my Arsenal shirts, but I actually took abuse leaving the stadium with his name on my shirt. <laughs> I thought it was soul. That was the problem left the ground and someone tapped me what, what the fuck have you got him on your shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player and he shook his head at me carried on walking um, the other player Liverpool are negotiating for is uh, Fabio Carvalho very much one for the future um, Liverpool trying to get a deal done today for around 6-7 million pounds and then they'll stay on loan with Fulham now Liverpool have actually sorted themselves out here in the fact that Fulham have been burnt by them previously if this goes down to the summer, it'll be between Fulham and Liverpool to negotiate a compensation fee that can end up going to a tribunal. And Fulham felt they were very, very harshly treated with the Harvey Elliott deal. 
and so effectively try to ensure they don't have that happen again. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? We we stole a child off them, and now we can nick their latest prospect off them for half a bit of money. It's decent business. Great stuff. It's, Liverpool complained they got screwed over with the Daniel Sturridge tribunal, wasn't it? And then it's like they've sworn like we're never having that happen again. Don't think we did with Sturridge, did we? I um, only think because of his age at that point. But there was something. Solanke, maybe? <laughs> we can have no complaints with the Solanke deal. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. We, we've got to be quiet on that. We had a great £20 million for Dominic Solanke. Thank you, Bournemouth. Oh, good. Ed, who's done it again? It's not alone. We're just terminating a Bamiyang's deal and sending him off. Into the <laughs> this the only club. Sale. The this bloke knows how to do it's just rip up the contract. I've never seen anything like it, ever. <laughs> where, where is the Bami I'm going? I've seen a link Barcelona. Barcelona. That seems an interesting one. Harry's still for you. He's gone to Newcastle. Well, we're going to get onto that. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> all right, TK. I guess time has probably taught you. Don't be too excited, especially with Liverpool in January um, under Klopp. Anyway, so somewhat surprising I mean I was offended how unexcited you were when the news broke of Diaz coming after me and I'm sure Connor feels the same of being fiending for transfer news throughout the window um, this has got to have been a shock yeah it was a shock it, partially in my defence if I hadn't had COVID this week I think I might have been quite hyped on this as it was I've had pretty little energy for most things <laughs> so just kind of been alright fine Um so that's probably all it is. I don't know. I'm, the, the other thing as well, I, I admire how hyped you get for the transfers, particularly as you know you're setting yourself up for <laughs> entire disappointment. What else um, have I got? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Whereas I, I almost can't face it. I can't, I can't do it. So I don't get quite as hyped as you do until I see it. And then, as I said, by the time I saw this, I wasn't, I wasn't really taking information in fully, but I, I got it now. As soon as I see him in a shirt playing for us, I'll be, uh, I'll be hyped, I'm sure. I've got to say, for a club that makes as much as you do for a club that has the support that you do, probably the worst transfer announcements I've ever seen. Do you mean in terms of low-key, or do you just mean just bad? Yeah, just boring. Like, I mean, we've just spoken about... Well, Fred I... Weasley presenting <laughs> Brian Gill. Unless you're really going to go into the uh, lean into the randomness, I think I prefer that. I'll be honest. I think our ones, as a whole, are generally pretty dreadful. I mean, some of them are so good. The when we announced oh, about Alexis is just like the pinnacle, that... isn't it? Of just oh god, this is bad. But I, maybe if he played well, it would have all been justified. Maybe, but it's when... hideous. When we announced Aubameyang and someone looked through the Mkhitaryan announcement and just happened to see that he lip-synced, yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? And then it just went from there. And then we announced him with that. But for a 60 million signing, I want more than just a bloke holding the shirt and saying, vamos. Yeah. <laughs> You're the modern fan though, aren't you? You're just a kid. You're breaking up a bit. <laughs> I got the gist. Oh yeah, I got, I got, the, I got, I got the gist as well. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to Newcastle. Um, I don't. I don't know where your mic is. It can't hear you very well. Sounds like it's on the other end of the route. It definitely has. <laughs> I said I'd got you some headphones for your birthday. Um, 
All right, we'll see how we go. So, if it's you, if it's you quite let me know, and I'll, I'll hang out. All right, Newcastle have had a busy day. We're still waiting for some of these transfers to be announced. Um, we've already spoken about Kieran Trippier. Um, Chris Wood, we've already covered also. Um, although Weghorst coming in as a replacement for Burnley does look a very savvy pickup. I'm looking forward to seeing that. A six foot six striker up front for Burnley is just phenomenal. And then, have, you, have you seen his transfer uh, announcement video speaking? I was, I was about to say, when we were talking all this, you know what, Burnley, <laughs> Bur- yeah, Burnley, Burnley changed have changed. <laughs> well, they don't really have the opportunity very often, do they? <laughs> you see that a number of clubs were going to go in for Weghorst and then he's not vaccinated. And so they all got put off and Sean Dyche was like, that doesn't worry me. <laughs> Sean Dyche has never heard of him before, just heard that he wasn't vaccinated, thought that's what I need. <laughs> the, the tweet saying... That Dyke just thought it translated to workhorse in English. And that's, the only reason he, that's the only reason he signed him. <laughs> but we'll talk about Burnley uh, in a little bit. So last month, Newcastle's recruitment team were not convinced they could acquire Bruno Guimaraes, who they did get through the door on Sunday night. They were interested, had communicated that to Leon, but they were unsure whether that could uh, become formalised. I guess someone in Leon's camp or whatever put the word out, look, if you bid for this guy and see what happens. They bid for him. I think they were bracing themselves for somewhat of a bidding war that never came. Um, they get the deal over the line uh, that all asset Leon is notoriously horrific to work with, putting the statements out saying the deal isn't done. Um, he did that with Lacazette. And Lacazette was announced less than an hour later. The bloke is just a weird, weird, weird bloke. Because I don't see how that gets fans on side for a start. Um, but just looking through the way Guimaraes is being described, um, an all-court midfielder giving Newcastle a bit of everything they lack in the middle. He's been referred to as a number six plus. Um, uses possession well, can get smartly out of tight positions. Um He's been sold on the long-term vision. I don't know how what that is, but that's supposedly what's uh, got him through the door. Um, 42.5 million euros, 8 million in add-ons. Newcastle, I guess this is... Is, is this their headline deal of the window? I, I think this has got to be more impressive than the trippier one from the perspective of everyone around the world or everyone in Europe looking this at the business Newcastle are doing. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. You're welcome. I can't hear you very well, Harry. But I think it's a more exciting sign. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, I've seen his, his uh, announcement video taking a few shots at Arsenal, but look, can't have any complaints there. I've been doing that for um, the last 20 years. Um, this This just looks like one that Newcastle themselves almost didn't realise they could do. Um, just doing some reading, they say his most immediately striking quality is that of his passing. Finds himself close to or even between the centre-backs quite frequently. He can turn and distribute as the game requires. Wastes very little time in position in possession. Takes one touch to set himself. Spraying perfectly floated balls at either full-back. Um, Extremely diligent in the tackle, prefers to stalk his opponent, jockeying them into a harmless areas or even better, uh, back towards their own goal. He knows he has the capability to match opponents physically, which nullifies the need to commit himself or jump in recklessly. Um, if I one... said that uh, the Spurs lad sounds like a passive-aggressive school report, this sounds like the school teacher that likes you. It's like you've seen the difference between one teacher that loves you and one that doesn't. 
this one. It's the all only, in on you. The only criticism that I could read of him, and I read various reports today, and they say Bruno often prioritizes power over placement in search of the unsavable effort when a cooler head would find bottom corners or even a spare teammate in a better position. He has a frustrating habit of half-heartedly challenging for aerial duels, winning 45% of his challenges in the air, which should be removed from his game, but these flaws are both minor and fixable. So that really does sound like the biggest issue. (laughs) (laughs) And most people are talking about, look, get him alongside Shelby. If this guy is as technical as we believe him to be, I want to see this guy alongside Joe Linton. The power, the legs in that midfield. <laughs> a guy who subjected himself to the last several Newcastle games for all 90 minutes. The Leeds one was brutal. Um, that that could be fantastic. See those two alongside each other. Them alongside Joe Willett. Look, yeah. Joe Willett yeah, doesn't Joe Willett. seem yeah. he doesn't seem particularly liked by. <laughs> I had a Newcastle no, fan offer offer him back to me today. Think... The no. the thing is to play with Joe Willock. Um, you either need to play in a, in a formation where you can sacrifice having a man to effectively float off the strikers and get in the box, which is his key strength, or you need to play in a formation where you have a really solid six, which Shelby or Guimaraes aren't going to be, and then you can sacrifice having like two eights in front who are going to roam and do their thing. So I guess it's just the formation that he wants to play doesn't really suit to where Willock would fit in, but what, what does he want to play? Because I quite like Eddie Howe, but one of my biggest criticisms has been I don't think he knows what to do. He seems to have a different squad. I guess we're going to find out. Now he's got some money um, some money, and Dan Byrne is coming in for £13 million, um, can play centre-back and left-back. Um, TK, I'll ask you your thoughts here. Um, Newcastle obviously had the bids rejected for Diego Carlos. They had the bids rejected for Stan Botman. <laughs> Dan Byrne doesn't feel to me like the assured body that I'm getting in. It's not like I'm then saying, okay, we're going to get just a no-nonsense defender to sit in the middle. Dan Byrne doesn't fill me with any confidence at all. Well, I was I was going to say, just generally, but I was going to ask Harry as well. It feels to me like Newcastle made some good signs, but I feel that they haven't addressed probably the biggest issue to me, i.e. at the centre of defence. Dan Byrne, his whole thing has been there's a six foot seven guy here playing out wide, playing at left back or whatever. So he's not really been playing centre back. He just can. I don't think he's solving Newcastle's problem there. I think Newcastle have improved. I think they might be fortunate enough that three teams are going to be worse than them. But I feel like their most glaringly obvious problem they haven't addressed. It's hard to complain when in this window, anyway, <laughs> cancer window. It's so hard. It's yeah. That's it. If, you look, if you've gone just big, just on Carlos. You know, is that is that bad? I, I don't think it would have been. What the deal with Carlos seems to have been that every time they met what Seville were asking for, they asked for a bit more. Yeah, I mean, the I don't know how many people have seen Peep Show, but when Mark's trying to buy his phone back that he's had nicked, and every time he has <laughs> twenty quid over, he says, "Yeah, I'll be another twenty actually." <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what they were doing to Newcastle. I think it got to a point where the guy's twenty nine years old. Newcastle are saying. Look, we were prepared to pay you 40 million, even 45. We're not giving you 65 million for a guy <laughs> that you're probably going to up the stakes within a minute. Um, Sven Botman, I think they were prepared to meet that price for, and they even went back. That week. feels like one I'd go a bit over the top with because I just go on, look, there's enough upside that I can put up with this. So they approached the, um, I don't know, the head guy, Lil, and said, Look, 
just tell us, are you prepared to negotiate? Are you prepared to listen to offers? We're prepared to go above the 50 million that you're asking for. And the guy basically said, it's not happening. Like, you can bid what you want. We're not listening. I will say, the, the one Stupid. thing I, I do, don't do this. No, no, true. Add it on. They, they do, it's important. Is, is 13 million for Dan Byrne not being mugged off? <laughs> my my, my yeah, feeling with Dan Byrne, fair. no, no. Yeah. So it's not catching any headlines, is it? You're not going to go, oh, they signed in for 13 mil, we no. can milk them. Because the times I'm watching Dan Byrne, he's been against the two guys that must be like his worst nightmare because if he's against someone... Okay, and hear me out before before I finish saying this. Okay. Oh, so God. <laughs> seeing, seeing him against someone like Sadio Mane, who's a better player at this stage than the two players I'm about to mention. So I've watched him go up against Martinelli and Saka. Now, the thing with those two is they are tiny as well as being tricky with the ball at their feet, skillful. It must be even harder to manoeuvre a six-foot-seven frame against a guy who is quite literally half your size. Like, if you can't even get to try and, like, rough him up, manoeuvre around... Saka was just kicking the ball around him and running onto the other side of it. <laughs> I I think when we're being told this is a guy that... I don't even know if it's a panic buy, but when you're being told like a guy can play at left-back, a guy can play at centre-back, it's like, all right, well, why was he not playing centre-back? Why was he not playing left-back? That, that is exactly it. I so we had this guy who wasn't playing centre-back. So and really it worked out all right. I think that's okay business. You're breaking up a bit yeah, there. I, I hadn't realised that until you signed it. And then I, re- then I saw the people saying that. He was with the Newcastle yeah, exactly. youth side. Have they not um, also signed Matt Target on loan to play yes, left back? Yeah. So surely Byrne most likely will be at yeah, the, be a in the middle. Yeah. He is good. Yeah, they're definitely going to throw him in. Aren't him they? next to Lascelles terrifies me. And I'm not <laughs> a Newcastle fan. Yeah, that is concerning. Has this been the worst? No, I don't, I don't know because like Norwich are pretty bad also. And so Watford, like, there's enough other teams that just stink as well. Um, that mm. you'd hope Trippier target and just some decent organisation, whether it's Umarish in front of the defence. Look, ideally, if you have more of the ball, the, t- the team can attack you less. And I, I think that's probably what you're going to hope for. Um, I do I do agree with Harry's sort of wider point that they're trying to set it out early on that look, we're not going to get mugged off. Because if you do, all it takes is a few and then... <laughs> You've got the reputation. United get it still. <laughs> yeah, and United have been trying to call it back. And like, look, lads, the reputation's there. You may as well just go with it now. Whereas Newcastle obviously are trying to nip it in the bud, aren't they? But then I, I do have a little bit, some limited sympathy. For example, if you wanted the Lingard one, people were going, well, they're just milking it. United are just asking for money because Newcastle are the richest club in the world. I was like, well, yeah, that, that is going <laughs> to happen, unfortunately. I, think- I mean, I didn't know who to feel less sorry for. The richest club in the world or United post-Sancho deal being baffled that a club wasn't respecting a valuation. Let's I didn't know about, who, who was more in the wrong here. Let's talk about Lingard now because this, this occupies three people in, in, in this uh, chat now. Fight it out, uh, lads. Just so we know, um, Dembele's told Spurs, you've got absolutely no chance. Don't contact me again. Um, <laughs> um, Lingard, I was texting Connor this afternoon, I was texting Harry this afternoon, there was a phase where it did appear, okay, they are going to let him go. It's just now which one he chooses, which one United are willing to accept. 
this can't be held against Rangnick because from what we're led to believe, Rangnick has now twice, he's had a meeting with Lingard and said, look, I'm happy for you to leave. I'm not going to keep you against your will. You can go out. It's up to the hierarchy to agree the deal. United, I don't know if they were just chancing their luck when we were led to believe West Ham paid his wages and two and a half million for the six months last year. They were asking for what? Five million from Newcastle plus his full wages plus 12 million if they stay up. Like there's taking a piss and then there's like, then there's taking the piss. Like, who in their right mind is ever going to agree to that? And then there's other people saying, well, look, United want to get some money through the door before the guy leaves in six months' time. For a start, as if they didn't have the opportunity to extend his contract before and not end up in this in this predicament. And also, they're not playing him. Like I understand wanting to get some money through the door, but even if you're getting like seven million, which Newcastle we think we're willing to pay up to about ten million, I think. I think if it was about getting money through the door. They'd have pro- surely entertained the twenty-five million we were willing to pay six months ago. It's it, it, some I, of that's just... not Lingard as well. Like we, the the impression was Lingard did want to give it another crack at United. I don't think Ronaldo come in and helped um, your case. In no. that he was pretty infatuated by having a few Instagram pictures with him. <laughs> Correct, build that brand. Yeah, but even now it's like I, it's the the fact that you've got a club that's got a manager that's okay with the player leaving, the player who is desperate to leave. And then I, I still don't understand how we're being viewed as rivals for fourth place. You know, the teams below us win their games in hand. I think we dropped down to ninth. But they are also very bad. Yeah, yeah, accepted. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's all down to the board, isn't it? And for once, it's not our board. No. There's the thing with they're saying, okay, well, Lingard recognises he's been at United a long time. He understands why they want to get some cash through for him. On the other hand, he's been at the club 23 years or whatever it is. They could show him a bit of respect, maybe. And exactly. <laughs> they, it's not like he's he's leaving for free in six months. You're getting some money for him. You're not using him off the bench anyway. I don't know, what, Goff, if you think that his minutes are going to dramatically increase because Greenwood, I mean, unless something <laughs> mental happens... He's not going to be playing football for a fairly long time. So unless Lingard is coming in and taking all of those minutes, but what, he's fallen behind Alanga in the queue. I know Hannibal's just come back from AFCON and he's now with training with the first team. Yeah, up until about eight o'clock Sunday morning, I was happy to see him go. But it's this necessity now. He's not going to be starting, is he? But he's still, he's going to be needed now as as a squad player. So so we changed. Um, you tell me, <laughs> but no. In, Sorry, in I was not seri- the news. <laughs> in all seriousness, if we're if we're like one injury away from from Rashford or Sancho, for example, having a, a serious injury, then all of a sudden Lingard's in that starting lineup. So you can see why they've pulled the plug. It was just, yeah, that you're totally you've hit the nail on the head that it was a bit disrespectful how we weren't letting him go before everything changed from yesterday. Really, I I don't know though. I, I find this whole thing a little bit bizarre that he, if he wanted to leave in the summer, he could have left. And just because you got stars in your eyes because Ronaldo came back, anyone could have told you you weren't going to play. You should have left then. Now you've got to the last six months. United are asking for a bit of money to compensate for letting him early or fuck it, we're going to let you leave on a free in the summer. 
what's the what's the issue with them asking for a bit of money now? I, you a bit of money now is no issue. It's asking for near twenty million for six for four months. But they were asking for twelve, were they not? They were asking for twelve on top of the seven for his wages and the loan fee. Well, the the thing about his wages that that, that can't be helped, can it? The, no, I'm not including it, his wages in that twenty. Well, that that must be taken into account. I mean, if it's not, then that's obviously outrageous. But it's, I think if you had anything about you, you could negotiate some sort of fee with United where you go, look, we ain't going to pay that, but we'll pay some sort of fee and get him out the door if you wanted him for six months. If not, you say, look, we'll wait out and sign him in the summer. Especially I, if you I, want I don't to maintain know. a relationship with other clubs as well. I mean, you know, every every six months when a transfer window opens up, I shit my pants about left and right leaving. And primarily, it's always going to be Chelsea. But then in recent times, you know, United are interested. United are interested. He said he likes Old Trafford, so that's basically enough for him to uh be going there, apparently, I'm told. Yeah, (laughs) ridiculous. It was like when he saw a family member that was a Spurs fan, and that's it. He basically signed a contract. He wore red one, so I think he might come to Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually a a man himself. (laughs) Basically already does. He has a chest, so he's not half (laughs) a chest of a... (laughs) But it's like you're going to need some form of relationship between a club uh, okay, I wouldn't put it past our board to just take whatever we can get from him from anyone. But if you've got such a bad relationship or such a relationship that you're refusing to let a player go who wants to go, it's just not going to work well in the future. Yeah, Lingard, I think, could put up more of a fuss. Like He seems he doesn't want to be the guy that forces his way out and so United are going to stand firm. He'd uh, rather athletic... get his brother to post on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he did that. he's done that constantly, hasn't he? Yes. Maitland-Null's girlfriend um, called Arteta a bum and he, he didn't play for Arsenal after that. So, <laughs> I don't Tammy think anyone's helping anyone. Got, got shirty as well with Chelsea, didn't she? Yeah, sounds about right. Maybe Lingard's missus just needs to get on social media a bit. Not in a certain <laughs> way. <though. laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to remove some of this. Like. <laughs> Your laughing's not helping, TK. <laughs> As he was saying it, I realised I know exactly what he's going to say. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. You know? <laughs> no, I was like, I know, I know, he doesn't mean to go down this rabbit hole, but I know he is. No, he <laughs> was Oh, I'm going to have to... Oh, I'm gonna have to... Maybe she needs to get on there a bit more. <laughs> did that with Antonio's hamstrings last time he was on. <laughs> um, oh. With Newcastle, Goff, if I, I'll ask you, if you had to grade Newcastle's window out of ten, what are you giving it? Um, it's a hard one actually. I'd say a solid six. I think they've not they've not had a bad window. They've not had a amazing. Like they're not bringing in world beaters. The um, that Bruno signing was was probably the marquee one. Actually, it might yeah. push up to a seven. But yeah, the rest. Uh, I think mean, they've brought in players which which are going to keep them up, aren't they? At the end of the day, and that's their their number one target at the moment is to stay up and then obviously build up from there. Is anyone giving him higher than a seven? Yeah, I, I would because I think they've brought in players that they need. I mean, if we're comparing it to a West, at least they have a window. There are walls. It's a transfer wall. What it is, but they they have where they need to. Um, and do you compare it to the difficulty other teams have had in bringing in where they want to maybe you look at like the signing of Dan Byrne more favourably than you would if say West Ham have brought in two centre-backs 
well, it, it's it's a, I don't I'm just so flustered by the lack of <laughs> notifications on my phone. By the way, I set, I set West Ham tweet notifications on. He thought my they phone weren't must working. Be broken. Yeah, my phone must be broken because it's not gone off yet. Um, yeah, I think see the FIFA Dan Burns is a little bit questionable, but they've they've had a really good window. It will keep them up. It will certainly keep them up. I think. All right, Deli Ali is joining Everton. Um, if we're going by uh, what Fabrizio is saying, so Newcastle, their window's not getting any better in that sense. <laughs> Maybe that is a blessing in disguise. Um, but we'll talk a bit more about uh, Delhi there. Um, well, we've spoken about Abamyang. If we could speak about Arsenal and then we'll speak about uh, West Ham, Connor, because I think we're in similar situations. Um, the more I'm seeing come through for Arsenal, it's actually just infuriating me more. <laughs> That's all we're here for. Um, all right. It does look like we're not paying off Aubameyang, so look, I guess there's that. But um, TK asked me at the end of last week's podcast how confident I was that Arsenal would get some business done. I actually think I downplayed my confidence. Um, I did think we'd get a striker <laughs> through the door. Well, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain to you now. I mean, Chamber- Chambers, Kalasenac, Murray, Balogun, Maitland-Niles, and now Aubameyang have all left during this window. I honestly don't know how this Roach Edu is still employed. Like, what <laughs> qualifications does the guy have? He failed with Corinthians, he's failed with Brazil, and now he's failed with Arsenal. His only qualification is that he's an invincible, which wasn't enough to keep Freddie Lundberg in a job if we uh, go about that far. The guy is still employed because he's a survivor, which is what I've just called him a roach. He's clung on to any semblance of power when Sanyehi left and when Mislintat left. And he's just managed to align himself with the right people. Cuddled up to Arteta and said, look, I'll help you. He gave, he gave Arteta the position of manager, sacrificed some power, but kept himself in a job. This is a guy who had to rely on Aaron Ramsdale, forcing himself out of Sheffield because he couldn't get the deal done himself. Uh, yes, we've cleared some space on the wage bill, but we're left with a striker who can't play more than one game a week. Can't complete 90 minutes when it is one game a week regardless. Um, I won't go back to recounting his meals. Um, the guy wasn't deemed good enough within six months of signing, which is why they had to spend another $60 million on a Bamiyang. If that guy gets injured, we're stuck with a, with a guy who would have to research the height restrictions at a theme park before attending, and he would be leading the line for Arsenal moving forwards. Our entire strike force have managed two non-penalty goals between them all season. We're an injury at centre-back away now from having to watch Rob Holding play out from the back. We're an injury at right-back away from watching Cedric Suarez again. Who, If we go back to Edu, a guy who Edu paid a five million loan fee for, despite him being out for the season and a free agent at the end of the loan. He then didn't play a game before we gave him a four-year deal on £85,000 a week. We're an injury away in midfield from having to watch El Nenny play Premier League football a guy whose only standout game in three years was at home to Dundalk. He's played more minutes in the African Cup of Nations than he's played for Arsenal the last two seasons, and we're supposed to believe we can rely on this guy moving forward. And when I say we're an injury away, that's because we're having to rely on a guy who spent the summer twerking for Jose before Roma decided that one good game against France in the Euros wasn't worth putting up with his constant indiscipline. Only in sports 
Can the entire world know how bad you are at your job, but we're expected to just wait and see if it magically, get, magically gets better? I think the Prime Minister does, but I don't know. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you, rehearsed that, you rehearsed that speech as well as the I, bloody uh, Scottish, Scottish uh, National Party leader. I'd like to give a round of applause. That was we've, released, <laughs> we've released more kits in January than we have wins. <laughs> and apparently this squad doesn't need reinforcements. I understand the wanting to put money on Blahovic, but how do you not have a backup option? We spoke about Spurs earlier. They didn't get the options they wanted. They had someone else they go for. If the backup option isn't available now, and that's a fact, you should have another option there to invest in. We need more than one striker. You get one of your B or your C list in. Edu said when he was taking the plaudits for spending money on players that Really, I don't think anyone else was bidding for it. It's not like he was fighting players off. I'm pleased with the business, but we now know they were Arteta signings. Edu was still trying to get Kia Jirabchi in clients. There's got to be someone better on the market than what we have now. I refuse to believe there isn't. We shouldn't be relying on Eddie, a guy who isn't going to start for anyone else in the top 10. I mean, I've probably been quite generous to him recently. Um I saw a compilation of his misses again earlier and maybe he isn't a championship level player. I'm going to retract what I said last week. I've been bigging him up for too long. The guy is a joke. I've been told for the past three Januaries that you need to wait until summer and then we finished eighth again. <laughs> maybe you wouldn't need to be cutting the wage bill in January if you made sensible decisions before that. You rejected 15 million for Ainsley Maitland-Niles from Wolves. Then you didn't play him and they'll go for free in the summer. You rejected 10 million for Callum Chambers from Fulham, and now he's gone for free to Villa. You rejected 7 million from multiple clubs for Ser Kalasanach. We just had to pay him off so we can join Marseille. You rejected 10 million multiple times for Eddie Nketiah, and now he'll leave for free in the summer. This is a guy who rejected 40 million for Alexis, and then swapped him for Mikatarian, who we also had to pay to leave. Gave Ursul 350 grand a week, had to pay to leave. Paid a Bamiyang 300 grand a week. We just had to let him go without a loan fee, any fee at all, just to get him out. It's a disgrace that these people keep getting away with this. The Saliba one, we still don't know what's going on there. I mean, we must be the only club in the world that can only have one good player per position. Having three good centre-backs is apparently too much, and it means he's not going to get the required game time. Saka and Martinelli have two years remaining on their deals come the summer. Should they be feeling inspired to stay? a team that can't get two players in in January. We've got a legitimate chance of reaching the top four ahead of what I imagine we planned. I'm guessing we weren't anticipating a top four challenge this year. But I don't want to hear the word ambition from anyone other than the players on the pitch because we're out of every competition in January. 18 players left on the books and seven of those are pathetic. I came into today thinking we couldn't possibly not finish without a midfielder and a striker. And somehow, as this football club continues to do, they've let me down again. <laughs> every time, every time my phone has lit up today, I thought, okay, there's going to be something. I saw the. First there's still week. time. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up. All you've done is send me screenshots of bad news for up for my club. Well, at least you're getting rumours. At least you had a brief moment of thinking maybe we'll get <laughs> I saw one rumour for our club today that we were linked with a guy I'd never seen before. When that rumour was shot down, I was genuinely upset. I've never seen the guy play football. 
I'm going to send you some flowers. I genuinely feel bad. I'm going to send you some flowers. I don't want you to feel like this. And I read that he was the top goal scorer in the division two seasons ago. I looked, it was the Spanish Championship. (laughs) (laughs) And two seasons ago as well. (laughs) Oh, they came up. They they came up. (laughs) And then the president of Espanyol's coming out saying, Arsenal inquired. We hung up the phone. We didn't even listen. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander Isaac. I mean, I consider myself... I mean, I'm probably quite a bad fan, actually. I was about to say I consider myself a normal fan. There were fans searching the DVLA website to find out where and when a car was taxed at the weekend. And I'm telling you now, if someone who works in that industry... That car would have been on order for well over a year. So unless he was putting the feelings out to begin with. This is, this is two years removed from when Arsenal fans were studying cloud formations. Gabriel was in the country. This is the gift that keeps it's giving. bad for my health. <laughs> what, why would you keep doing it to yourself, Luke? Why do you keep convincing yourself this club's going to do something? I don't know, because they do... I try telling you. They have a good December, and then it's like, okay, okay. They build you up. Maybe we're just getting to January, and then we can let Aubameyang go. We can bring in the reinforcements for a pig up front who can't play 60 minutes. (laughs) And then, just seemingly, the discussions upstairs are saying, well, hang on a minute. If we're two points off fourth, we're doing all right yeah. without signing anyone. Why? Why do we need to sign anyone? <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> the pain. But th- th- we also had—I don't know if you saw the pictures. Um, Arteta flew out to Denver last week, uh, whatever the the day before they went to Dubai, and he was spotted at the um, Colorado Avalanche game with Stan Kroenke with one of the like three teams. Yeah, they did see that. Yeah, and it was like okay, we're right before the window's going to end. Why else would you be out there? <laughs> now, it may be to say, I'm not giving someone else 300 grand a week. I've seen what happened with the last few. But, someone's scraping their plate. But, I don't know so, what discussion, I don't know what discussion that possibly could have been. Now, Connor, uh, not Connor, TK, we had a good discussion on Arteta last week and whether he should get a new deal or not. Do you think there's any part of it where Kroenke quite rightfully could say to Arteta, okay, you want, okay, Alexander Isaac as an example. I, I'm assuming they said, we'll give you the money to get Blahovic and then we'll see where we are, maybe after the Burnley game. That leaves us a week to do some business. Fair play, you went for the player, he led us on, he went to Juve. Never allowed myself to get too excited there because I did feel that one was inevitable. Then I imagine we've got to go back and say, okay, you were prepared to pay that money here. Where else can I spend it? And you've got to think the owner, Arteta's got contract talks coming up, is in a position to say, okay, I'll give you more money. But I think you should be getting top four. If you're here already, I'm moving the goalposts. If I'm going to give you an extra 100 million, I think you should be getting top four. That's 230 million one season. I think you should be getting top four. Yeah. And I don't know if the people at the club then have gone, hang on a minute. It's a bit safer because I keep being told, look, more options are available in the summer. How much are you realistically saving? You're no, going to pay. Not, it's not true, is it? 
Alexander Isaac has a release clause now. He has a release clause in the summer. Mm. It's going to be £75 million regardless. If you like him the same amount you like Blahovic, which we're being told, it should be Edu's, Edu's dream. You don't have to do any negotiating. If it's someone like Calvert-Lewin, you're paying him a fortune whether you buy him in January or you buy him in the summer. In yep. fact, with the way Everton are, it's probably going to cost you more because there'll be less uncertainty around them in the summer if they stay up. So I just can't get my head like, how do you go into now? I know we've only got 18 games left for the season, but how do you go in with three centre-backs, two right-backs, two left-backs, three centre-mids, two strikers? No, I mean, it's ridiculous. You say only 18 games, that's essentially half a league season. We can't, afford a common, <laughs> we can't afford a cold in our squad, let alone COVID. No, exactly. You're going to have a lot of instances of that, presumably, of what you've just had recently. And bearing in mind, you know, as, as pretty well documented by a lot of Arsenal fans, there's gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Now, how, how much do you think it's going to be any time yeah, you yeah. have a game postponed now? Because you're going to be up where you've let X amount of players go in this time since the last controversy. Uh, you're going to have all that to contend with. Bear in mind, you're, even if we take COVID out of, this, out of the picture, your injury record... Yeah, for yeah. the last however many years has been pretty abysmal so you don't really want a tiny squad it was a, a fairly thin squad anyway now you've thinned it even more so uh, yeah and every outgoing I was looking at I was assuming Arsenal yeah, would yeah. have someone coming in it doesn't matter necessarily I wasn't necessarily even assuming that Isaac who I knew was going yeah, to yeah. cost a lot of money I assumed someone was going to be coming in um, the more and more it's like a play exactly to kill the poor kid <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're in a situation where you're having to put him and Smith Rowe out basically all the time, and if you don't have them, you're, you're looking at what are we doing without them? Which Martinelli is a position they shouldn't be in. It's fairly soft. Um, I, I don't think that's a controversial take. I mean, Smith Rowe, his biggest issue has been injuries. Mm. I just every time I saw a player leaving, I was excited because I thought, okay, there must be something cooking up. And, and I agree with your thing about the. I think that's I've seen a lot of Arsenal fan takes of basically trying to justify this as we don't want to get bent over the barrel, we don't want to um, make the wrong signing just for the sake of the signing, which I've said as well about you. I, I don't think you should, but I don't think that's necessarily the choice. I don't think you'll be yeah, faced with the choice the of that. <laughs> no, I think you can get guys now who you could get in the summer, and I don't think the price would be too much different. And any price difference, which probably would be minimal anyway, would be counteracted by the fact that this might get you Champions League football, that or it might get you no European football at all. Is just what you're looking at at the minute. I used to so love the, when there's a huge Sean difference. Say on here that Spurs weren't ready to win something. <laughs> if the people at Arsenal are like, hang on a minute, we're not ready for Champions League. <laughs> we could do without that. We're not. We're not far along in the process yet. I mean, the other issue with yours is is the one when you do lose players. We've spoken about it constantly. You don't really get anything for them. Where, that's part of the thing, isn't it? Like, like a club will, most clubs will get something for them where Arsenal basically just accept early on that they're not going to. So you don't get anything hardly for the outgoing players. You sometimes will try and spend big on an income player. So if you are going to Kroenke with these deals, he's probably thinking, well, what the fuck are you lot doing? Yeah, yeah. I've given you X amount of money for this. You've spent it. You're coming back asking for more. You're not bringing any in. What the hell are you doing? So the Callum Chambers one, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? And that was, I mean, for us... That fans, is probably the perfect metaphor for Arsenal's business, the Chambers one. Part of us were thinking like, okay, even today, that one went under the radar. Maybe there is something else cooking here. 
Now, the explanation of the Chambers one, because it very quickly came out, there was minimal fee involved. I believe with add-ons, it can get to £2 million. Um, Chambers, his deal expired in the summer, but we could have extended it by a further year if we activated it by the 31st of December. Edu, in all his infinite wisdom, decided that we're not going to need this guy from next summer. Why would we extend his contract? On less than 30 grand a week, by the way. Oh, my God. Less than 30 grand a week. He's a better right-back than Cedric. He can play centre-back as well. It seems a given, if Villa are interested, we'll take less than £10 million in the summer when he's got a year left on his deal. And some of the prices we've spoken about today, Newcastle, etc., we're saying, oh, why don't you just pay the money for Lingard for £10 million for six months? Like, mm. You should get a fee for Callum Chambers, a guy who's made close to 100 appearances for Arsenal. And to be honest, we paid £16 million for him. That's something that's been missed yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. But there was the stuff, because that came out of nowhere the first time around. It's just, I don't know how many times these guys involved need to show that they're incapable of doing their job properly before you start to realise, okay, maybe these guys aren't capable of doing their jobs properly. No, the whole infrastructure's wrong, isn't it? You know, United obviously get a lot of heat for their sort of structure and the people in their roles. You know, um, Arsenal's are just as bad, if not worse. Well, they extended Lingard, they extended Pogba, they extended... Uh, Phil Jones. Phil Jones, and I believe <laughs> they extended uh, Tuanzebi as well, who's just been loaned out for another year, because they say, look... Braving it in Napoli, isn't he? Yeah, let's see if we can get a little bit more money come the end of it. And if we can't, we're going to pay that's more what, for a replacement. That's anyway. what I said. I don't, I don't blame the stance they've taken on Lingard. I think that's the, that's the stance you should take. If they are a contract, try and get the money for them in January. If you don't, say, all right, we'll go for free in the summer then. Why would I lose you for free January rather than I can get six months of labour out of you and then you can go? I, don't, I know the, the club who wants him isn't going to want to hear that, but it's not on the selling club to, to do it. There's no pressure on them. The last thing on Arsenal, um, I do want to hear Connor's take on West Ham. Um, I think something we're going to find out about Arteta, and I don't think this is a fresh take among Arsenal fans, is so far we've seen you're either all in with him or you're all out with him. Uh, if you look at the likes of, we very clearly have a starting 11 plus one, and that's Martinelli or Smith Rowe. Now, Aubameyang very clearly is all out. You look at the other players, when you look at what happened with Ozil, you look at what happened with Gwendouzi, there's very little done in terms of our squad players. Um, I think Rob Holding is the closest to being kept happy there. And I think he was offered moves away. I think he's quite happy. He He's kind of like um, like a Rigi at Liverpool, maybe. less Far less impact. So I'm not comparing in that way. But he'd rather be a bit part player at Arsenal than a starter for, I don't know, Norwich. Um when you look at someone like Pepe, it's going to be interesting to see how he's now managed for the rest of the season because this is a guy who Arteta clearly doesn't fancy, but when you look at our options, we're going to need this guy for the next six months at least. And so his man management is going to come under question here because you can't afford to just freeze this guy out and then expect him to make an impact when he comes on. So I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if any of you disagree that once it got to this stage, I don't really think there's anything different you could do with Aubameyang than just take the cheapest way to get rid of him. There are people saying, look, if we're not getting a new striker, then we should reintegrate him. I think people are forgetting just how bad he was when he was in the team. 
So if you can get the 350 grand a week off the books, I don't hate it, but I think it just shouldn't have been at this stage to begin with is probably the issue that we should come right the way back round to. Yeah. Yeah, it should never have got to this stage. It should have got to the last day of the transfer. You knew this call with Aubameyang a long time ago. Yeah, it's just dick measuring, but it's putting it, Arteta and Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah um, it is. That's a budge. It is, which is an opposition to be in for a professional club. <laughs> that, that press conference just around Christmas time when the interviewer said to Arteta, are you a dictator? That's insane, isn't it? Imagine <laughs> asking someone that. Um, all right, if, if we move on to West Ham, I, I do feel a bit better after getting that off my chest, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Honor, I texted you in the week and I said it feels to me with the Calvin Phillips news that I saw West Ham were in that stage where you put the bids in where you'd almost panic if it was accepted so you can say look fans we tried what more do you want from us they they do that every time 50 million we believe for Calvin Phillips less than that for Rafinha 50 million for Darwin Nunes which he reportedly had already told you he's waiting to the summer. He wants to go to a Champions League club. And then from what I've read, you put the same, just the same bid in again, just in case maybe he changed his mind <laughs> in the yeah. last couple of hours. Um, no offers made for Dujan Kaletikar, who feel, feels like that was a feasible transfer you could have made if you wanted to. That's, and an approach for Lingard was made towards the end. Yeah, so that that's the most annoying thing. So we're willing to submit this bid and Obviously, as you've just said, we know it's because it's not going to be accepted. But how can you go and show that you'd be, in you know, air quotes, willing to offer £50 million for a player? And then call it a car comes up for £15 million while they're desperate to get rid of him. And we're saying, well, we'll take him on loan, but we don't want to take a risk. But you'll chuck £50 million on a teenager from Uruguay in the Portuguese League. They've clearly got the money there. You know, after the investment that they got in December, there is money to be spent. There is such clear evidence that we need to strengthen pretty much all positions. It's been 18 months since we sold our only striker. And they're putting in a bid for Calvin Phillips. Don't get me wrong. would be a fantastic player to have. But you're quite right. They chipped themselves and got excited. And it's out till March. <laughs> very true it's 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 just mind-boggling you know there, there was quite a lot of rumors about Calvert-Lewin being up for sale as well and I think Everton wanted the same as what we'd offered for Nunes I actually it's, think he's going to be the guy we go for in the summer to be honest it's just yeah stupid the Lingard thing I've sort of got it into my head now that it's, it's not really anything we can do if, if gave you that them, hope though, it, didn't they yeah, oh, they always give me hope. That's one thing they should not do. I, so I should learn. Reply. I should know by now. I saw you reply to a tweet <laughs> saying you just want to get back to a place where you can tweet Lingard pictures after a win. That's all I wanted, honestly. Throwing I, I'll up never J-Ling. down as well, by the way. Throwing up the J Ling's photo, and then as soon as he left, I I got that same picture sent back to me about eight times, oh. and and then he scored in the 89th minute against us. <laughs> and I, I've never wanted to die more in my entire life. Look, anytime we <laughs> can see to Newcastle, there are some Photoshop pictures that come out of me in a Newcastle shirt. <laughs> These things happen. That's life. We did say um, 
I think we spoke just after the takeover of B confirmed. And I'd never seen an owner come out quicker and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be expecting us to spend big money in January. Let's 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 get that out of here straight away. Yeah, well, because there were conflicting reports because apparently there was 40 million going into the transfer budget for January. And then it was a case of, actually, we're not going <laughs> to spend a penny. We've seen who's so, spending this. It's again, it's that carrot and stick with a distinct lack of carrot. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I genuinely, I thought there might have been some like last minute Ricky Lambert on a six month loan or something, but to, absolute, to have absolutely nothing, like to hear you moan about your striker that can last 60 minutes when we don't even have one. Is Connor, just... I was justifying a Morata move in my head last night. <laughs> I, I, I knew you would as well. I'd take Jordan Hoogle again. Jeez. That man just loved the bubbles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, this time, the last day of the transfer window is always going to get some rash decisions, but that's where we picked up Bowen. I'm just hoping there's something, but there's absolute like... How do you cope watching The Apprentice on a Thursday? I can't watch it anymore. It's too much for a reality <laughs> show. It breaks me. It absolutely you destroys You can't look at You start to turn oh, on yeah, the screen every time she's on. <laughs> I, so I, I used to watch it with a few of the lads every Thursday. We go around to it. We go around to his, and we just watch it. And I just scream abuse at the telly because I just hate her that much. Root against weather team. And it, it was the task when they were at the they were at, at the Olympic Stadium, and they had to design like a, a food food um, part of the catering menu. And she was there going seven pound for a salad. That's a bit much. The cheek of it. You signed Benny McCarthy, love. What are you talking about? <laughs> you <laughs> sold your husband. <laughs> you say a lot for your um, new owners when you had the bloke from The Apprentice having to come out and back the bid. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and Rio Ferdinand back in the bid because he's he's so diehard West Ham to then say, oh yeah, Declan Rice. By the way, can you can you come to United, please? Hate the man. They had Anton on Sky Sports News earlier. Anton, what a guy! I mean, if Jack ever. was here. He made Wilshire sound charismatic. <laughs> no, they uh, they have him. I watched uh, only caught an episode of that BT Sports School, their version of obviously Soccer Saturday. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm sure he's a lovely fella, but uh, short, <laughs> thick as two planks of wood, bless him, old Anton. <laughs> he, oh, he is a footballer. Is it is controversial to prefer the BT Sport one these days? No, I think that's absolutely fine. I think uh, have a bit more of a laugh on the BT. Yeah, season, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing we're keeping basically a consistent group of people having a little laugh or do rather than a rotation. Not quite going to work. No. Um, Even if that involves Chris Sutton. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Sav. Connor, then your expectations going into today, you were expecting something to get done. I, I was expecting a centre-back and a striker. Like I, I honestly didn't think Lingard was going to was going to materialise the way everything was going. Um, I think his brother did as much as he could, but there were reports of you quite enough. offering out <laughs> Diop today to Newcastle. Honestly, the thing that breaks me about Diop, right? So we'd offered him out for ten million. They'd submitted a, I think it was eight. Uh, the article I saw was eight million euros. I don't know why the article was in euros, but it was what three years ago where we were telling Manchester United, no, no, fifty million, please. And now, <laughs> uh, look at us. Who'd have thought? 
I wish United had crossed that up for him. The fact fact that we'd be offering him out as well, despite only having like three fit centre-backs and still being in three (laughs) different competitions, I do not want to get to the stage where Zuma gets another knee injury and we're going to have to form a coalition. We're in a Europa League game with Issa Diop and Craig Dawson. Can you can you even begin to imagine how that will go? It'll be interesting because Goff, you're in the same you're in the same boat as us. You didn't sign anyone this window. Um, you do. I mean, I, I don't know if you'll argue with this. I'd say you have a deeper squad than both Arsenal and West Ham. But it was a it was a month of outgoings for United. Martial loaned to Seville. They pay the majority of his wages, and he turned down approaches from Spurs and Newcastle. Before I ask your take on Martial overall, are you surprised he turned down the moves from Spurs and Newcastle, or you think he just wanted to get get the hell away? Probably the latter, really. Yeah, probably just wanted a fresh start somewhere else. I think by moving to Spain, he's got a lot less to lose rather than if he went to another Prem team. Competing for um, a title as well, aren't they, Seville? Yeah, exactly that as well. Um, but yeah, I going into the transfer window, I wasn't really expecting anyone to come in anyway. Um, I think we've just got kind of almost just, I don't know, it's almost like we've just given up this season. It's like, oh, if we get fourth, we get fourth. If we don't, we don't. Ralph's going upstairs in the summer anyway, so sod it, lads. Just stick with what we got. Did you um, expect Pogba to still be here? No. One thing Ralph has done is what Ollie didn't do. Instead of giving them all all the squad players long-term contracts he has actually shifted out a few players which obviously weren't getting games um Pogba I thought would be one he might try and push out the door obviously we don't know what's been said between them yeah behind closed doors um but yeah I thought he'd be one which would go um I thought if we were going to get anyone it might be another midfielder but I wasn't really expecting anything and obviously with everything as we've mentioned before which happened in the news yesterday, I thought, oh, there's a chance we might bring in another winger. But I suppose they've taken the easy route by getting Lingard to stay, which makes sense. In Lingard and Hannibal like new signings. And that past thought, I was going to say, they're just going to say, play the kids and give them a chance, aren't they? Like I said, I, I feel quite deflated in one way, but it's, it's not, I'm not surprised. It's just, yeah, I think we've just, as I said, given up on the season, really. Do you think it's a good sign that you haven't jumped at? Usman Dembele, because you've got to imagine he's been offered to every single one of our clubs. Maybe, maybe not West Ham, no disrespect. So I don't know if uh, they're going to well, pay the wages. Give it, give it time. There's still a couple of hours. Ex West Ham employee did tweet that he was offered. Okay, so look at it. is that good? I don't think Liverpool are the type to bite anyway, but the rest of us, our clubs are very much the type to say, well, hang on a minute, this could be a great deal for us. United in particular, I could see, and they definitely would have had to give him the most wages as well. Is that a good sign for you that they haven't done that? Yeah, I think that's the type of signing we would normally have jumped at and paid over the odds for. So I suppose that's a step forward that there's obviously a reason why all these clubs are saying no to him. Um, so yeah, it's probably, it is probably a good sign that we've also not jumped the gun and decided against that as well. Um if we close out here, and I just want to ask you kind of signings of uh, the window, but Lampard has come in at Everton today. First of all, I'll stick with you, Goff. Do you think 
Lampard is secretly the one that did do the graffiti outside Goodison. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's every chance, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he would have written it in his style, though. <laughs> so he would have done... There'd have been a smiley Sack the balls. <laughs> no, but seriously, they're trying their best. TK, do you think this is a bigger risk for Everton or for Lampard? Good question. Uh, I don't really think Everton are risking anything, frankly. I don't think they'll get much worse than they are. So I think they'll either, if Lampard does an okay job, they'll go back to as they were. If he's his worst is that they'll carry on as they are and they'll get rid of him. So I don't think there's a huge amount. As much as people have said they're taking a risk, I don't think they'll go down. I think there's enough really bad teams in there that, that will stop that. So I think the risk is probably more on him. Uh, but I, I actually think it's a deal that, you know, we said it before, they were even really properly being linked. I felt it made some level of sense, I think. Does it not worry you from, so from what I've read today, he wants to play Decore or Allen with Delhi and Donny in front of him does that not terrify you already uh, not even an Everton fan yeah a former Chelsea legend failing at Everton really terrifies me yeah um, <laughs> I mean it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's almost pornographic uh, I think that two is guys one that can't run that makes some level of sense on paper and then in practice doesn't make sense uh, I think he'll figure it out I think he'll quickly figure out that that doesn't work. Um, and I think also that you, you sometimes had a thing of him at Chelsea where he was trying to get them to play in the right style, didn't fully fit the squad they had. And also Chelsea are in the business of winning, not just trying to look pretty. Whereas Everton aren't in the business of winning. They haven't been for a long period of time. And if they look even half decent on the eye, they will make out he's a messiah. So that's probably how it ends up going. He does a distinctly average job as he did at Chelsea and at Derby and everyone makes out like he did quite well. I imagine it's probably how this goes. Alex, you still there? He's actually died on the pod. We, maybe this this is our Guinness World Record. My mute button. My, oh, my mute okay, button. Yeah. I, was, I, I, I had myself on mute and I was pressing it and it wasn't going off mute. Uh, yeah, so. Harry, Harry had the issue as well. Um, Alex, I don't believe they've played each other twice yet, so someone can correct me if they have. Next time Everton play Villa, does it get a TV slot? You're talking Gerard Lampard here. Yeah, I think it does, just purely on the basis of it's Gerard versus Lampard. Um, uh, you can just you can see the uh, you can see the pre the pre match show of comparing, even though it's got nothing to do with the match, they'll compare some of Gerard's best goals or moments versus Lampard's best moments. The little debate on who was better, who was not. They'll get Carragher and Neville in there to chat about it. But yeah, it's definitely going to be on the TV. And, and then uh, Paul's goals is a special and, guest referee. Be- That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> you also got to think you were going to have Jamie Redknapp going out of his way to defend Frank again when things do go wrong. That'd be fun. We can have him versus Roy round two, but this time with his cousin on the line. <laughs> How quickly into Frank's first game back on TV do they credit him for the Champions League win? <laughs> uh, about one... No, I'll go with 40 seconds. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be rushed. The, the players they've brought in, so we think the Delhi one's going to get over the line. Um, I can't believe. For, it, up, like, up is to, it, is up, it up to up to forty million? So I'll take you through it, Alex. So what what it is? It's technically it's a free transfer. Oh, oh well. Now, it's, <laughs> when you start it with technically, it's just going to get rare. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm just trying to get the full details. As long as he plays 20 games, it's not. <laughs> so. so, yeah, it's after he plays 20 games, as TK just said there, I believe if it's 20 games within two and a half years, then it goes up to around 20 million. And then with attainable add-ons, it can reach 40 million. It's been structured effectively to work with what Everton can afford to pay with financial fair play. Like when it's done like that, what is the point of financial fair play? Pickling manipulation, isn't it? Okay, so it's to the edge. Twelve million euros after twenty appearances. The fee could then rise to 35, 40 million euros, depending on Delhi and Everton meeting certain performance clauses. I believe one of those is to be them simply staying up. So, <laughs> well, at least they'll have a delay on the first payment, so you can only play eighteen games. Not as cup tied. Yeah, Goff is. Yeah. I saw journalists genuinely baffled by that. By the way, so yeah, it's <laughs> almost like they're only going to want to pay the fee next year, isn't it? <laughs> Try and figure that one out, lads. <laughs> Goff does. At the end of two and a half years, it's only a two and a half year deal he's getting. Are we saying that Delhi's time at Everton was a hit or a miss? Ooh, I'm going to go miss. Is I, done. I think almost any other club in the Premier League, I was giving him a chance of regaining his form. <laughs> Everton, and I said this to the guy I worked with who's an Everton fan, that just feels like a horrible, horrible mix for me. If he thought he had pressure before, every goal he scores is going to be called a Lampard-style run. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. And I'd that level he was at Spurs very briefly was a borderline world-class level. As a very good player, you're struggle. You're going to struggle to hit that at Everton. So I just, I just don't, I just don't see it going well. We're not going to see that twenty million, are we? It would be <laughs> great when you're getting any at all. To be Something's honest, going to go horrible. You don't get the twenty. I mean, the, <laughs> could have just paid him off. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal are looking at that saying they've actually they're getting money for a player. What's going on? What's this? All right, just to close out. Um, and Luke, to, do you remember yeah. though? In the summer, we had a question going into the season: who has a better season, and Dombele and Delhi? Turns yeah. out both going to be binned. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's about right. We, we were debating whether where his next club would be. Well, I mean, some of the there was a lot of gold on those uh, two man pods. Uh, if people want to go back and collect some wisdom. <laughs> Um, I don't want to say you bring our level down, Alex. <laughs> I won't say it. Um, we'll blame it on Jack. He's not here. Alex, I'll go with you first. Who do you think is the signing of the window? And what's the signing you're most excited to see how it plays out? Um, well, for me personally, it's going to be either of the Spurs signings. Um, just to sort of see if it adds... A bit of a missing piece for us. Um, Not showing your hand at all there, AJ. That's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably, if you had to twist my hands, probably Bentenker. 
Um, but uh, probably the biggest flop signing is going to be Deli Alley to Everton for sure. Not a flop, just one uh, you're excited to see play out. Um, we can't, we haven't mentioned it since it happened, but I am interested to see what, what Coutinho does at Asavilla in terms of whether he does. Uh, no, we, we did mention it, you just weren't on the podcast. No, I, <laughs> I'm interested. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where that goes in terms of if he does pick up after the years of missing, a bit him being missing, to see if he does pick up any of his form compared with when he was last in the Premier League. Um, and it should make sort of that, that sort of that, that'll be become the vocal, focal point of Villa. So that'd be quite interesting to see. Um, I probably would say, to be honest, just any of the Newcastle sign ins. As a cop, or you picked. No, it, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is like no, all of the Newcastle signings, they're a bit like they're not like everybody obviously touted them as doing like you know 100 million here, 100 million there, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, these big players, these big players. I'm just interested to see if this different approach that they're taking compared with, let's say, QPR or Man City doing a huge marquee, su- huge marquee signing as soon, as soon as they got the ability or the money to do so. Let's just see if this gradual, this gradual build of a few, few maybe decisive signings here and there will not, not just make it like it possible for them to survive, but to see if they go on a decent run together here. Um, so we'll call it the, the Newcastle project so far is the thing I'm most excited to see. Signing of the window, TK, I do think is going to be Luis Diaz, not to put more pressure on. I think that in terms of a player being a marquee signing, your front line is probably the cosiest job you could be embedded into in the way that it moves, um, the way that the likes of Salah are going to carry a lot of that pressure in that if you maybe you go two, three games without scoring, as long as you're not getting battered all three of those games, the pressure isn't going to move as quick as probably it did for someone like Pepe at Arsenal, where mm. you're expected to go in and score four goals in your debut. Um, I think Alex mentioned about a, a bargain. I think my man Aaron Connolly going to the championship, he's going to remind a lot of people the kind of guy that he is. <laughs> I think Arsenal should have made a move, actually. He could have taken us to the promised land. Um, the signing I'm most excited to see, well, way caused at Burnley. Yeah, you know, that's, that. that, that's my sign. That's my yeah. sign in the window. I reckon they're on next Saturday night. I believe it is at six o'clock. The kickoff. I think it's a really weird one. I'm all in. I'm as all in as you can possibly be for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be money watching that. And long as long term, as it's not against your team. Yeah, long term. Sorry, I was just going to say. Yeah. Julian Alvarez, I'm baiting this solely on football manager. <laughs> Nothing else I'm doing to base this on. I can't wait to see him go in. And I can't believe City have been the one that have got that deal over the line. 15 million for one of the most clinical goal scorers in world football. 21 years old. And only City have bothered to go in there and say, Look, you can keep him for the rest of the season. 15 million euros, the equivalent, I, th- I believe, in the reports. Just baffling when you look at Arsenal, you look at West Ham, you look at all these teams where he's going to get so much more football straight from the jump. For City in particular, what can go wrong? Um, TK, signing of the window, one you're most excited to see? 
Yeah, I think um, realistically, when we look back on this window in years to come, I imagine um, the lad at City and Luis Diaz are going to be the two we talk about, I imagine. Um, but if you wanted something a little bit more for the here now, I do think Bruno Gamera is at, at Newcastle is probably the pickup of the window. I think that's good business from them. Even if, as I've said, some of their problems aren't resolved, I think that's a good pickup. Excited to see. I mean, either of those ones at Spurs is going to be interesting. I do think Donny to Everton is an interesting move. I think he needed games. We'll, have, we'll at least have an idea of it. Yeah. But um, I think Ericsson to Brentford is an absolute no-brainer. I think it, in six months, a bigger club will probably look at him and be like, why the hell didn't we just give him a run for six months? So I'll say, as something a little bit different, I'll go with Ericsson. Yeah. Um, Jeff Hendricks just gone to QPR. Would have been interested. I'd have loved if he got linked with New uh, with West Ham. Sorry, during the pod, see if we could have got Connor worked up over Jeff Hendricks. Over oh, Jeff Hendricks. <laughs> that is I, the real litmus test, isn't it? You can really, really anyone, get up for a transfer. And it just, I, I was, I was. I We're looking for warm bodies at this stage of the window. <laughs> Literally. I almost shed a tear when I saw Andy Carroll sign for West Brom. I thought that that is the comeback of ages. He's compiling quite the, the YouTube compilation is. Honestly, those two goals is, is against <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's oh, Jesus. Rarely been so sure because those <laughs> <laughs> Well, I remember him doing it for doing it for us against Palace, that, that overhead kick. Absolute worldy. And then he ran over to the crowd to celebrate. And he very nearly didn't make it to the byline. He was that unfit. <laughs> he was blowing when he got halfway there. <laughs> who, who is your sign of the window, Connor? Weghorst, I reckon. Because just to the way Burnley have handled it, you know, they, they had absolutely no say in Wood getting bought. Yeah. And they went out there. They replaced the player that they needed to. And who doesn't want to see a six foot six bloke playing for Burnley? You know, <laughs> it's going to be absolutely short. Shorter than Crouch, I believe. Oh. It's, there's going to be world if you can work out him, him and Corne is an absolutely outrageous pair of four if, yeah. if it does work out yeah uh, if only there were a, a team that specialised at set pieces that needed a striker <laughs> yeah. that also play in Claret and Blue is, is, is that who you're most excited to see as well Connor? Um, well I was going to go a bit different for the most excited to see sure. and not, not necessarily go Premier League um, Barcelona have just secured a deal for a, for a striker I think um, be quite thrilling to see how Aubameyang gets on. They will. I think he'll smash it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, probably. He's very much a confidence player, isn't he? And, and that's just something that he could go did horrible. not have with you. <laughs> so. Well, he did for us, and he was balling while he had it. And not so much recently. There's one thing we won't stand for on this podcast. It's um, poor punctuality. Seeing your family exactly. members in 86 different we countries. We can understand why uh, Aubameyang was punished. And Goff, if you were uh, see us home for uh, the evening, the signing of the window and the one you're most excited to see. Well, TK kind of stole my thunder and said everyone I was gonna gonna say in the, <laughs> Sorry, in the category. All that. It's all right, um, but no, I think as much as you're all excited about, I'm, I'm also excited about seeing Red Horse to um, at Burnley. <laughs> I, I don't even know why. He's, he's, he's got 32 games still to play for as well as the beauty for Burnley. Yeah. Um, from a totally United perspective, obviously it'd be nice to see Van der Beek get some games and hopefully find the level which everyone says he's capable of. Um, 
TK touched on Ericsson being a fantastic signing. Uh, yeah, as long as he stays healthy, I think that's an incredible signing for Brentford. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Aaron Ramsey going over to Rangers as well, by the looks of things, to, uh, to light up the SP. I'd see in that. Um, <laughs> Everton Newcastle is um, in the Prem next weekend, by the way, so that's going to be tasty. Um, but I think that just about does us for the evening. Thank you to all of you for coming on. Another deadline day special in the books. Um, we'll see how right or wrong we were in uh, six months' time. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. We will be back. Goodbye. <laughs>